Welcome to the Mike Busey Show. I am him, the man, Mike Busey, joined by my extremely amazing, most talented, slightly overweight like myself, Miguel Colon Jr. What's up, Mike? Good to be. I can't believe we're doing this, bro. Second two, episode. Two times. What a lot of you guys who don't uh, may have just joined us. This is the first episode you've ever heard. Uh, years ago, we used to have uh, a live broadcast that we did from the Orlando Improv, from a really classy shake joint called Rachel's, and uh, we kept it rolling, and, and we had it going for a few years, and then six years ago, uh, we went on tour and that was a good enough excuse for us to never do the show again. It's like, oh, I can't find my, my, my phone charger. I guess we're going to stop the entire fucking show. Yeah. Takes one little derailment, and that's it. We're done. Six years it. later. And then we've been saying we've been wanting to do this again. We've been like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And uh, it, took, uh, it took people harping at us, people in our crew telling us you need to do it, for one day for us to just be like, fuck it, let's go back and do it. We were actually waiting for the people that were entertained by it to actually stop follow- following us. Yeah. So... The people that actually wanted to hear us do it again, they they probably have gone on and had normal lives and families and kids. So this is probably all new to everybody. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm happy to be back doing it, man. I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, there's people who know us. Uh, we've, been, we've been around the entertainment business for a while, but there's a lot more people who don't. I mean, we're not like, Mike, you're, you're, you're a celebrity to a group of people. Oh, Miguel. But, uh, no, this is the part where I shit talk you, but that doesn't mean... Oh, here it comes. Yeah, that doesn't mean... Like, lots of people know you, and they're like, that's Mike Busey, but then there's a lot of other people who are like, I've seen that guy, but I don't know anything Isn't about that, him. Isn't that that celebrity chef guy? That goddamn Guy Fieri you look a, like You look a lot like Guy Fieri, and it's like you both have that same, like, like... I call it like the the, the the white 90s surfer fucking like you were supposed to be in, in a movie about on, inline skating and you, shit you like that. You know how like most white people think black people are all rappers? Like, oh, you're some rapper or a football player? Yeah. Well, like black people think I'm just like some rock rocker. Like you, you, you are a wrestler. It's either you are a wrestler or are you like in a rock band? Are you you guys in a band or something? Yeah, when we were in Columbia walking around the mall, everybody was like at least over two hundred and something pounds. Most everybody was like six foot something, and people everywhere thought we were. Man, man, look, look at those fat gringos! They are walking. Holy shit! And, and and everybody thought everybody thinks you're a wrestler. Like when we would take the tour bus places, everybody would think you were a wrestler and stuff. And uh, I guess I guess for a lot of people who are just tuning in for the first time, they're like, why the fuck do they think he's a wrestler? They don't even know because I wrestled this dude. <laughs> what you look like but uh you've been in this game this entertainment game for 20 years now man 20 years the world's shittiest but kind of successful uh career cool but like very loosely to all the people out there who have no clue who you are i don't even know when they ask me so uh what i have like a girl on tinder be like so what do you do and i'm like i don't even fucking know like i don't even know how to explain this shit because it's always evolving and, uh, you know, I basically had the, the hustle and, and I always... But how did it start? Where did it start? That's... that's like professionally, when anytime, anytime professionally someone, when did it start? Anytime someone asks me that, I'm like, oh my God, how much time do you got? Oh, real quick, to anybody who's first time listening to this show, Mike will not fucking stop rambling. So a lot of the True. time during this show... And, and during, I'm drinking, yeah. some of that brown is about to go down. During this podcast, you'll hear me a lot of times just be like, shh. Get back to it. You're like, God damn, why is Miguel such an asshole to Mike? Because he's trying to keep the flow of yeah, the show going. Because, guys, you don't know. Like, Mike, you see he owns the Wildest House in America, the Sausage Castle, and it's also a business. And we used to have Monday morning meetings, and no fucking lie, he would talk for four 
hours during his Monday uh, meeting. Miguel. Four hours, bro. Three and a half, okay. Four hour long meetings. Yeah, and keep going and reiterate a point. And then he was suffering from bad uh, sleep apnea at the time because he wasn't on his CPAP. Oh, here we go. Now he's making fun of my medical disabilities. Middle of of the meeting, he'd fall the fuck asleep. And if you you could get out of the meeting, that would be your time to run. But he'd be asleep for like 30 seconds. It's like if you get kidnapped and your your abductor falls asleep. It's our time to run. Let's go now. And then he'd just wake back up and be like, let me just start. Get up back over here. Where y'all going? It's not 5 o'clock yet. Get over here. Let me start at the beginning of the meeting again. And it would be everywhere. Like, you'd be like, why the fuck is the maintenance department here sitting here learning about what the camera guys need to do? No, truth be told is sometimes we would just tell everyone who lived here to come into the meeting. But the, the meeting was mostly about, like, you know, what we're doing as far as, like, the work and yeah. the company. But then every now and then I'd be in the meeting. I'd look across the room like, damn, this bitch don't even work here. What is she? She's just fucking the maintenance guy. Yeah. And then people, Mike maybe would, I should wrap this up. I'm like, no, fuck that bitch. Anyways, and Mike who touching the goddamn tacos in the break room? It's gonna be that ass. And Mike, you would demand that guests who were staying here. Oh yeah. Hey, did you? Hey, meeting. what are you scallies were fucking in here last night? All right, come on down here. And they would see just girls with their little blankie, all like their arms folded. Like, what did I do? What's going on? Yeah, no one had a clue why they're at this meeting. Even the people who who worked here is a four hour. So just just to reiterate, guys, Mike rambles. That's one of the beauties of this podcast. But we'll also try to keep that down to a. Minimum. I'm like the Shaq Charles Barkley, and you're like the Kenny Smith. Yeah, you're or the you're, white guy. What's the white guy's name that had cancer? Oh, um, oh God, that's that's how important a white guy is to basketball commentary. They gotta have you at know? least one white guy on there. Yeah. It's, okay, so no one remembers his fucking name. Whatever is on TNT. But see, guys, this is gonna be part of his rambling. Let's get him back. Yes, Mike, bring you him see, back. How did you get your professional start, and what was your professional start? That's a good question, Miguel. Um, normally, I just get frustrated and tell bitches I work at McDonald's, and then, then I, uh, I'm the fry guy. And then they get very, like, Once mother. again, this is nowhere. You're, you're doing yeah. the ramble technique. Like, if you guys are going to learn, listen to ep- When you get to episode 200 of this podcast, you're going to be like, he's fucking stalling. You know, <laughs> he's just rambling it's, it's not, through. It's not, it's not a stalling. It's just my brain has so much electronic activity. That it's like thinking about a lot of different things at once. Let's just focus on the things you're being asked. One time asked. I talked to you for an hour and I just stared at like one part of your beard and I was like, wow, he probably never even like seen that part of his beard before. It's ridiculous. Anyways, like, remember, how did guys, I start? This guy, I, I, this guy I, you're talking to right here, remember this guy runs a company that's a multi-million dollar company and there's definitely days where I'm just looking at him like he's staring at the fucking wall, looking at the paint, thinking that there's a part that's off and that's yeah. all he's paying attention to. It's true. But so uh, I was uh, man. W- what part do you want to start? You want like, let's the, say twenty the, years ago after you got out of college. What started what the Sausage Castle? What was that? I kicked you? out of a private Christian college because I knew the, the the daughter of the president. I was wearing an earring. I was walking around campus, and I was I think I was by like the the auditorium or something. <clears throat> and he's like, "Excuse me, sir, uh, you have an earring in your ear. That's not very Christ-like." And I looked at him and I was like, oh, that's the president of the college. I was like, and me being a smart mouth little punk uh, 19-year-old kid, I was like, well, it's not very Christ-like to be cheating on your wife and fucking prostitutes and stealing missionary money. And he turned ghost white. And about 12 hours later, I was homeless. Uh, he didn't know that I knew his daughter. And then she was like, you know, the typical like preacher's kid, even though this guy wasn't a preacher, not that I know of. 
And uh, they're all kind. Anytime you're hooked up with some kind of like Christian organization, they're all kind of like half-ass preachers. Have you ever noticed that? It's very true. They're all fucking holier than thou. Like if it's a Christian abortion clinic, they're still gonna fucking judge you. You know, so they she all was like half in between listening to like Britney Spears with like the plaid school schoolgirl skirts. And then she had, like, uh, a Metallica shirt on and wear, like, black eyeliner. She's like, my dad's a fucking piece of shit. And I'd hear her venting all the time because there was a house that we lived in before the actual Sausage Cattle started that, that I lived in right after I left FCC, Florida Christian College, which now is, like, called Johnson Bible School or something. I think they probably had a too, too many little touch cases or something, some inappropriate shit. Maybe I actually went, went on, I got drunk and went on a rant one time, believe it or not. And I tagged them on Facebook and said, shout out to FCC for fucking ruining my entire life because I wanted to be a youth pastor. And uh, so I always enjoyed making people laugh. And, and Do you uh, have to go to college to be a youth pastor? Well, they have like this really expensive piece of paper that's called degrees they give out people. It's fucking crazy. You have and to get a degree to be a youth pastor? All youth pastors do is like drive vans, take you out to the movies, and turn a chair around to pretend they're cool and sit on it. And they're like, let me talk to you about a man with a bunch of crazy ideas. Look at man. this degree Jesus. I have. Look, you do you know how many girls I had to stop from possibly touching because they weren't 18 yet to get this piece of paper? Do youth and they pastors, were hot. Are you youth know how many lock-ins I survived? Are youth pastors allowed to fuck? Uh, they normally want them to be young and hip, like they can still relate to the people, or married with kids, but like in their young. So 30s. they can't be like dating, like when when like a youth pastor's dating a chick, he's got to be like abstinent, huh? Because that's like the vibe. Well, like when I went to this, when I went to FCC, there was a lot of like it almost felt like it was a uh, like a a couples retreat, like a singles camp. It felt like you were going there to 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 make love to Jesus and find your husband or wife. You were going to gonna have a threesome with Jesus and your new like yeah. Spouse? No, you got to they, they they say hey, better save room for Jesus. Uh-uh, man. When you're on a date, save room for Jesus. Oh, that means like be in the middle, right? Like yeah. so that you don't touch each other. Yeah. Like, I used to hear I used to hear people like save room for like the Holy Ghost, but uh, I wouldn't have a threesome with a girl in Jesus. I almost went to a, a really really big super uh, Christian college called Pensacola Christian College. Huge. I went to a basketball camp there, and this motherfucker had, like, an auditorium that literally had, like, a jogging, like, a track, six full-court basketball courts, a bowling alley, ice skating rink. They That's had, my favorite thing about it. It's like, oh, you know, we, we live off donations, and, and we're out there taking care of the poor, and it's like, you want an ice skating rink? Of course we fucking do. So, but this place was really strict. They wouldn't let guys leave, like, out of the dorms unless you had pants on. And you were supposed to walk on one side of the sidewalk, and the ladies walked on the other, and they couldn't show anything above the kneecap. What if you were gay? Well, you'd probably hide into and the they probably hiding. wouldn't let you in there, huh? Like those Christian colleges wouldn't let a kid in who was gay, right? Yeah, probably not. But you know what's surprising in my youth group uh, that I went to, uh, we had like three people that were hardcore gay, and they, I just found out like a couple years ago, and I was like, son of a bitch, I knew it. And this guy was What's all like up, recreational gay? Like, what's the difference between like hardcore gay and like I dabble? Like, these guys were fucking bout it, bout it to suck some dicks. They were like, give me that dick. <laughs> like prison gay. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna like take it. I'm gonna take it. That hardcore gay. So, so, I didn't, never saw it coming. I was like, wow, who? I never knew Josh Van Tassel and Oscar I, Arnold would be gay. And I... <laughs> <laughs> dropping it and i bet also that they were probably and i'm putting money on this this might be a super stereotype were they super homophobic too oh yeah i remember uh staying the night at josh van tassel's he lived on new york avenue in st Cloud, florida and uh swing think, by if you want your dick sucked no, no I, I remember like i just like 
me and Art, uh, one of my childhood friends, getting a uh, hold of some porn or something. We were watching it. And I remember he had like this fold out uh, couch, which just has nothing to do with how I started in the Hollywood business. Okay, Not thank at you. All. For, just for record. And I remember fucking jacking off under a blanket. <laughs> and I remember feeling weird because there was like other dudes in the room. And I was like, is this, is this gay? Wait, is the story of, uh, uh, of Josh Van Tassel being gay or you being gay? Uh, well, was Josh Van Tassel in the room? Yeah, and I remember like, and when I found out I was gay, the first thing I thought I was like, "Damn, did I turn this motherfucker gay?" Because I know I was like his first like weird like experience. Like, he was was everybody room. watching you jack off? No, they weren't. Like we were all like, wa- like kind of like on separate couches and shit, yeah. like in a dark room, and it was like a really old. They actually the movie Waterboy was filmed. What in the part house. of that made you horny? No, no, you I was can't just, get out of the dark room with young, your homeboys watching was, Waterboy. I was young and I was I had got done playing basketball. My balls were like nice and meaty and and sweaty and. You know, the blood was pumping, and I was like, you know, let's let's turn on some porn, boys. And we were all, like, young boys, you know. We didn't know what – we were just exploring life and stuff, you know. And fucking next thing you know, I started banging one out (laughs) under the sheets. Um, And they were in the corners, and I I don't know what they were – I'm pretty sure they were touching themselves, too. I'm pretty sure they weren't. I'm pretty sure they were like, is fucking – is Busey banging one out? And Josh Van Tassel was like, this is the weirdest and most beautiful experience. With my sister and several members of my youth group. Your uh, sister was there? No, I'm saying I oh. hope they don't hear this whole thing. Oh, or if they do, it. whatever. So, I they're love you, Amanda. It. Anyways, uh, so I got kicked out of a Christian college, and I always had like a crazy up and down childhood, and I always had I was like the guy who wanted to bring his friend to every single family. Because well, you lived you lived in tons of foster homes and shit. Like I lived that too. I lived in one in South Carolina. That's what's up. Which is where we. Which oddly enough, guys, is kind of weird part about me and Mike is we've. Uh, we became friends 10 years ago, but we've crossed paths for decades and not even in the same state. We both lived in South Carolina. I lived right outside of Charleston. My father was in the Marines, and we were stationed out there. Mike, uh, Grandfather was in the Navy Grandfather was in the Navy. 25 years. And uh, there, was a, there was a place in South Carolina called Short Stay in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. And it was a recreational area only for military families, dependents, and retired military. And me and Mike used to go there. Every summer before we knew each other, we were like 12 and 13, 14 years old, that range. We would both be there all summer long. And the thing about Short Stay, one of the legendary things about Short Stay, and if any of you have ever been to Short Stay, you remember this, the giant games of Manhunt. Oh, yeah. It would be 50, 60 kids all playing a giant game of Imagine Manhunt. Imagine like the 80s when they had like those really dangerous slides and rope swings and no one gave a fuck. Like, yeah. This place had all that crazy all shit. All that crazy shit. It was a lakefront property. Every year somebody got too close to an alligator and something happened. Yeah. Every year. One of the kids I was in foster care with, his name was Ronnie uh, st- uh, something like – it wasn't Tallywhacker. It was like Staggerwatts. Did you jack off in front of him? No, okay. but he got amoebas and got like he got the brain amoebas over yeah, there for the hot water and, and, and at that at that, that place we're talking about short, short stay. stay. And uh, he almost died and he had like have his fucking whole dome cut open and shit. And he, I wound up seeing him at a funeral many years later. And uh, he was in the Marines and stuff, and he was normal. I was, I was kind of like waiting to see, like, is he gonna? Yeah, be you want to hear him speak? Is he gonna be retired? <laughs> You're like, let me hear Ronnie speak. Hey, Ronnie, how was the Mebas? Okay. There was this you kid know? named Chad Labooty. Uh, Chad Labooty. Yeah, I remember this kid's name, and I remember the first day he came into the foster home. We'd all kind of sit around this big table, and we would, after slaving away, like picking up horse shit and cleaning dog kennels and stuff. We were pretty much migrant workers. And, uh, you had to was, clean up like horse shit at the. I used to sell home. horse shit to the next door neighbor lady that had a garden, and she sold a fruit stand. She's like, "Hey, you got some more horse manure for me?" And then she would give me like two bucks, and I saved up all my money and went into a Kmart, 
and like basically I didn't steal it, but I, I bought it and I had to sneak it out. I bought a House of Pain uh, CD, Ooh. and then I traded like some shit for a TLC tape at work <laughs> or at school. I went to Macedonia Middle School. Yeah, I know Macedonia. And I and for summer school, I went to Berkeley Middle. I know Berkeley. Superhood. I was yeah. pretty much the only white kid there. Berkeley North Chuck, man. North Charleston, man. Yeah. yeah. Blue and yellow, I remember, the was the school colors. What uh, TLC album? Was it the one with Creep? The ooh on the TLC ooh, tip. Yeah. Okay. Tape. Yeah. Tape. It was a white cover, I remember. And uh, anyways, uh, so I always had a crazy... Rocky childhood, crazy wild shit. Oh yeah, I forgot Chad Booty. First, day let's go to Chad Booty. Yeah, we were all eating Taco Bell after we had fucking did like some. Cr- we had like calluses on our hands at the age of like thirteen, and I remember we were like, it was kind of like jail. It's like, so hey, what's up, man? What are you in for? It's like, oh my, my mom shot my dad in the head, and we're like, really? We're like, yeah, brains everywhere. But he's like, but she didn't mean to do it. And then all of us were looking at her like, okay. Foster, I, I bet this. Foster homes are full of kids telling you how their parents really love them. False Something sense of hope. just went wrong, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was crazy. And, and she uh, was just, you know, she was mad because he did all the heroin, which he knows half of it's hers. When, whenever someone came in that got molested or fucking some crazy shit, it always made the other kids feel so much better. Like, <laughs> all right, so we got a chance of getting out of here because you are going to be here for a long, long time. You've already hit puberty. You're not even cute no more, kid. You, unless they got a fucking farm to work, they don't need your big ass. You're going to eat up way too many groceries. So I was like somewhere in the middle, you know. Were you fucking, wanting to get like picked up by a family, or were you hoping no, to go back to your family? No, I, I, I knew uh, me and my sister had a little uh, skate plan and shit. We were going to break out. My mom was going to come back. She showed up to this. There was this lady named Kim. God, I've never even told this story because it's not much of a story. But she was like, you know, when things you when you're a kid, you don't really remember how they really were. You yeah. think when you get older, like, wait a minute. Yeah. That bitch was a pillhead. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. My mom's friend Kim was a dirty yeah. slut pillhead and bringing my mom down with her. So they got and I don't remember how they got up there, but they drove like, come on, we're going to get your damn kids. And then. There's a whole You know that out. was her pillhead friend's idea, too. Like, oh, yeah. we're going to go no, steal I'm, your kid. Well, I was getting my ass beat by um, the, the person running the place. And uh, I remember I was, like, writing sentences and shit because I, I was wet in the bed. I was a bedwetter. And I remember someone telling me, like, you know the signs of a serial killer is red hair, pyromaniac, and wets the bed. I was like, oh, my, my God. God. <laughs> I checked all three boxes. <laughs> And then, then I grew up with this this huge fear that I was gonna die in the electric chair because I thought I thought for sure I was gonna be incarcerated the rest of my life. So, anyways, so how did I get started? Had a rough, crazy, wild, awesome, but awesome, but the best, worst childhood anyone could have because my parents really did care uh, sometimes and had like those warm, magical, like, boy, you know what Fourth of July is about, or you know what Christmas is about, and you know they did what they could, you know, and and fucking. And back then, you're ungrateful shit. You're like, oh, man, only yeah. got one G.I. Joe? What the fuck? Did you and Amanda, your, your sister Amanda, did you guys go to the same foster home? Yeah, we were the same there. Same That's place. the luck of the draw right there. And we, we were playing, like, shoot the dare and stuff when the foster home was away. And it was awkward because I think I got my dick sucked uh, when my sister was in the room. It was really <laughs> weird. I don't, I don't even know. Why, like some, why, like, why yeah. were all your first, like, sexual things? Like, no, no, no. You know, and that's a weird thing because you film all your sex now and you like, like, uh, you know, I think. Because I, so- I got deviated at a very young age. I was, like, finding porno mags and, 
and beaten off to him. And I, I remember getting like a boner around like I, I want to say at least four years old. I remember my first boner that I remember came to Lisa Bonet on the Cosby Show, and I was laying on hardwood floors, and I was like, something's wrong and right at the same time. Daddy, my pee-pee's burning. <laughs> Did you remember laying down and you would get like a hard on when you were a little kid? And you're like, uh oh. Uh oh, it's happening. I had my first my first boner underneath uh, a trailer park um, porch, and I threw a rock at a kid right in the face. Is that what gave you the boner? So the whole neighborhood was like, "Where the fuck is that kid?" And I remember I felt like the fa- you are I felt a fucking like, serial killer. I felt if you like got your boner hiding under a trailer park after you made a kid bleed. And I remember feeling like uh, later in life, not at the moment because I obviously hadn't seen the movie, but it reminded me of the movie Stand by Me when Vern. Is the fat kid that brought the comb to the to the to the trip to go see a dead body? Yeah, and he fucking buried his pennies underneath in these jars underneath the tray underneath like the the porch, and he yeah. was digging around. So I remember like under the fucking trailer and hearing them like calling my name, looking for me. Because what had happened was, is my dog, my crazy uncle, um, had ran over my dog Sasha, and I remember. Uh, telling my mom, like, Mom, the, the neighborhood kid stole Sasha's bowl. And her not getting mad. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, where's Sasha? And then she was like, she was telling me, I don't think Sasha's coming home. Sasha went to heaven. And then this is when I found out that my uncle had ran over my fucking dog. And I, would, I was so mad. And these one kid started, like, laughing at me. I don't remember much, but I remember just, like, you motherfucker, and I threw this, like, big-ass rock right at his face. I like how face. this is the setup to a boner story. This is the setup how I started the business. So, all of a sudden, I remember having a boner under <laughs> under the fucking uh, thing. And then you later, fucking are a serial killer, bro. Then later if, in life, you got a boner off hitting a kid in the face, making him bleed, hiding and watching it, and you got a rager... You are a fucking serial killer. <laughs> Later in life, I uh, I don't know why I was really into baths. Like I didn't like showers. I, I guess because you're young, and you're like, oh, baths yeah. are so fun. Yeah. Um, shitting in the bathtub's way easier than shitting I in would, the shower. I would fucking after the bath, I would I would uh, take the soap and go, roll it like up like the wall, like yeah. I was like like a skateboard, like ride it around. I yeah. would grease up the whole tub, and I would slide around and start spinning around like a turtle and shit. And then one time, I remember uh, some of the soap got into my pee-pee. Oh, soap in the tip of your dick, man. That was always a fucking hard one. And when you're young, you're like, whoa, what's yeah. my pee-pee burning, man? And I was like, whoa. And I started like rubbing on it. I'm like, whoa, my dick's like growing. Whoa. And I'm like, whoa, it kinda, this is kind of cool. But then, and I think that's where I discovered masturbation. I remember anyways, one, time, I one, s- time, one time when I was a kid, I jacked off using uh, like apple-flavored shampoo and so uh, Ooh, organic. It, oh, it burnt the shit out of my dick. And then I jacked off and like cleaned up, but I didn't have a chance to wash my dick properly. So it like caked up on my dick. And when I went to go wash it, it made my skin super red. And I had this just red ass dick that was burning from shampoo in it. And there's no one you can call because you can't be like, hey, mom, somehow my dick got caked in shampoo. But that's a story for another day. You know, let's right, just Mike go to the doctor. All right, Mike, let's tune it back in. Real question while we're talking about dicks. Yeah. And I can't answer this right away. Yeah. And if you're listening, guys, which hopefully you are, uh, I want you to stop and just think. Clear your mind. Okay. Eyes just close your, everyone, eyes everyone close your eyes and think and be honest with yourself and your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you could suck your dick, would you? No. Once? I've thought about this one. No. In your mouth. No, no, because just I don't it, want the dick in it. my mouth. 
Like, that's going to counteract the getting my dick sucked part. Because it'd be like this. It'd be like, like I'm sucking a dick. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not also, getting my I'm dick sucked. I'm also no, by the way, before yeah. you get uncomfortable. I'm not getting Hot my rod. dick sucked. I'm sucking a dick. Yeah. Robert's so, not in the room right now. I don't want to suck a dick. I don't want to. I don't. Not because I don't want to. Because <laughs> that's the sound bite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's because, because I that I know deep down inside I would know for the rest of my life that I actually did it. And I would. Well, and also you're going to suck your dick better than anyone else. I don't. You're going to ruin yourself for dick sucking. I'm just afraid I'll like it, so I can't do it. And I don't want to remember it the rest of my life. If you like it, then you might as well do it. But I once had a guy named Rhino live in an old tour bus that broke down at Sausage Castle Seven. Yeah. And uh, he was very flexible for some reason. He was from Africa. And a uh, tattoo artist, he's albino as shit, and he used to tell us he could suck his own dick. And every time, when he told me that, it fucking scarred me for the rest of life. Because every time I'd go outside and I would know Rhino was in that bus, I'd be like, that motherfucker's in there probably sucking if his own dick. If you could suck your own dick and you didn't swallow, would you consider yourself a hypocrite? Like, God, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> you know, like, if Why did like, I bring up this if question? If you're like, I'm not going to swallow, you're like, Whoa. Let's just go ahead and, and scratch off how did I start in the business. I don't care about that anymore because yeah. here's the deal. Uh, I've learned now that you are a serial killer hiding underneath a trailer watching a kid bleed with a fucking rager. Uh, you worked as a, a migrant worker picking up horse shit so you could get a fucking Hustling horse shit. TLC album and, uh, and, and, and fucking House of, Pain. House of Pain. Why not? Yeah, good hey, times. Let me ask you this then. So, so like, like, I'll brush it through, guys. Mike's been in the entertainment business 20 years. He's worked with Jackass. He's worked as a club promoter. He has a live stage show that goes everywhere. And we will delve into more of that. But I know this, man. Me and Mike talk. We go off. We ramble. And sometimes we follow the ramble because it's better sometimes than Sometimes we talk we about sucking our own dicks. You know, whatever. Hey. And, and if we could and, and, and would we. But I know this, though. I know that uh, one of the things that me and you were talking about earlier and that we wanted to discuss today was the fact that we've had weird childhoods. Uh, oh, I got. We could just do. That's what I want. Though. I want them to know. I want them to know about. Childhoods. I want them to know about your childhood, though, because you grew up around monkeys. Uh, a, a, a story that's sort of hard to hard to tell is that originally your mom was going to sell a dog to buy an abortion. To buy an abortion for Chingling. you. Chingling. Chingling was a pug, right? And I, oh my god! Wow, I swear we didn't do this. Yeah. This is what I promise to God. We did not plan this out. This was not a setup or a segue, but. Later in life, I met that dog, and it was licking its own dick. <laughs> wow. Wow. How, how, uh, I swear, how old Miguel, did Ching- I tell you this? No, you didn't tell me this. How old was Chingling when you met – or how old were you when you met Chingling? I was 13, and he was, was blind as fuck. dog was old as fuck. And he was fucking – he was like uh, – man, he was so hairy, and he had like fucking shit. Every time he'd go in the yard – He'd have like fucking gra- dead grasshoppers and shit and goat shit in his. <laughs> when you see dogs dreads. like that, it's just, it's a pathetic, like, shake your head. You're like, oh, chingling. You're old as fuck. You probably can't smell. You have no clue where you are. You're dragging grasshoppers everywhere. You know what I hate? When, uh, when, when you meet someone who has an, uh, an animal, whatever pet, okay? I don't care if it's a monkey, yeah. a fucking dog, a cat. Don't you hate when someone's in denial that their fucking pet is garbage? Oh, yeah. You're just like, no, that fucking dog sucks. Oh, they have that hyper dog that's jumping up everywhere and pissing, and they're like, Ranger not, just Not yours, Steven, not yours. Bears, you know, he's, 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 a young, he's a young dog. He's still got time. What did you tell, what did you tell me about Steven's dog that you, you didn't have the heart to tell Steven? I, I, thought, oh, I know. I told him later on because the guilt ate me up inside. Steven's our producer, guys. Uh, and, and, uh, but tell, tell, us, tell me what you told him. I was like, I'm an animal behavioral expert. Steven, I think you might have a little bit of the doubt. On the dog, 
The dog's you, a little hyperactive and do you, doesn't listen to shit. Why do you think you said his face, too? What were you saying about the dog's face? All right. Anyways, Miguel. Um, <laughs> no, man, I loved it because he comes to me. He's looking at the dog. And, and when you know Mike well enough, you can watch the wheels turn. And I see him looking at the dog. It's a dark, dark, <laughs> slow turn. And he's playing with the dog. But as he's playing with it, he's really doing like a check. Like he's holding the ears and looking at the face. And then Steven comes and gets the dog and takes it out of the room. And Mike just looks at me and leans over. He's like, that dog's got Down syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you want me to fix your... I'm like uh, fucking Caesar Milan or whatever his name is. You send me your fucking animal, your bird, any of this shit. I will fucking... I will diagnose it and give you an accurate fucking reading on I'm what gonna, you have in I'm your I'm going to tell you the truth, ma'am. This bird's got gout. You know? <laughs> uh, I, I have a bird story, but I can't tell it. It's, it's Why not? Because I fucking... You talked about jacking off in front of a kid. Yeah, and then- but this one's fucked up, man. The bird shit on me. I had it coming. Fucking- <laughs> I told that goddamn bitch, do not put the fucking bird on me. Oh, let's put the bird on him. Right on my head. Shit on my head. And I'm not going to tell the rest of the story. Because I grew up in the goddamn 80s. We drank hose water. You and our dads do- beat the shit out of us. And you could do other shit. Like, there was a dog. All right. So, there was a dog in our neighborhood that terrorized everybody and you were allowed in the 80s to fuck with this dog because this dog would get loose and chase sick balls this dog would get loose and chase the shit out of everybody and try to eat you like the dog tried to fucking eat you so when when he was on his chain you'd be like i'm gonna ride my bike right by him and he's gonna run chasing me there's always that one part of the neighborhood you're like all right boys it's time to roll up the pants and and get a fucking extra yeah. pedal to the metal. And, we and, ride by Chopper's yard, and, and Chopper he, ain't fucking playing no he, games. He goes right after you, and he gets to that point where he reaches the extent of the chain and just... <laughs> You're like, yeah, take that, you motherfucker. That was exactly how it was. It's fucked up. There were so many things that were just like a total pass in like the 80s and 90s. Before Michael Vick came in and brought so much attention to... <laughs> You know, beating the shit out of your animals. Well, I remember too, man. I feel bad because I know our dog. We had a dog named Sparky, and that motherfucker lived in the garage no matter what the temperature was outside. And we would crack the garage open, and he'd have his nose sticking out. And Sparky's whole life was like baking in a fucking garage waiting for us to come home. And then we would come home and be like, oh, the fucking dog peed everywhere. You know? I had a room named a room. And nobody listening real quick. Nobody listening here who had a dog in the 80s has a better story of how they treated their dogs because everyone treated the dog like he's a fucking dog he lives outside yeah dogs that came a long way you know they got their own tv shows now <laughs> yeah they have their own activist groups now yeah. which is good but yeah, fucking good. 80s dog so this story is not for those people to listen because i love no one loves animals more than me and you, you have a dog you, you have a dog jetta now you had another uh dog scrappy you've had multiple pugs and uh you bamboo just uh, i had a dog that lived to be 18 a pug he was yeah. my first pug he just passed away maybe four or five months ago. Yeah, and you love your dogs. I mean, we take the dog to the vet all the time, man. I, I, would, I would literally change. I would literally kill like 100 people to save, to add 10 more years to my they, dog. They were life. talking about $7,000 worth of surgery for Scrappy, and the only reason we didn't pull the trigger on it is the doctor was like, let me explain to you, this dog is so old that even if we do the surgery, his life might not be as enjoyable. So this that, story has nothing to do with my uh, compassion. <laughs> This is more of a bird animals. shit on me story, huh? So this dog named Harley, it was this mutt, and it was just a piece of shit. It was shit everywhere, eat everything. It was Sausage Castle 5. We lived in Castleberry. Uh, this dog 
would literally fucking jump on my bed, shit on my bed. One time I was drunk. I brought some girl back from the club. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's about to go down. I lay down in the bed, and this girl literally fucking puts her entire head, head, the back of her blonde, beautiful locks. All of a sudden, I'm kissing her, and I smell it. It is a pile of dog shit. She doesn't even know. It's in the back of her head. And I had to get up, and I started gagging. <laughs> She's like, is everything okay? And I started saying, where the fuck is Harley? <laughs> totally cock-blocked me. I had to fucking tell her, yo, you got shit. I had a waterbed at the time, too. So it's just walling around everywhere. The fucking, the whole match, the whole fucking bladder's got dog shit on it. Because the damn fitted sheet kept popping off the fucking corner. So it's like dog shit mixed in with her hair, mixed in with sheets everywhere. And I had like a, the whole garage I lived in was like a fucking pirate theme. So it was just dog shit and pirate shit. Anyways. So the next day, I said, and this is like the 20th time this shit has happened. And AJ was a bad um, dog father. He was always at work. He worked at Disney. He did like pyro shit. And he also was slightly retarded. Uh, and uh, well, one day I said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to go find this dog a new home. So my girlfriend uh, at the time drew her like a maroon Camry. And I said, come here, Harley. Let's come here. You want some treats? Come here, Harley. And I baited her in to this fucking maroon Camry and drove down Redbug, Redbug uh, Road in Castlebury, Florida. I went at least 10 minutes. And I went to this nice little fancy little, little neighborhood, you know, little $250,000 plus homes. And I went to this little playground. I see all these little young young boys and girls playing. And I looked at Harley. I said, all right, motherfucker. This is where we say goodbye. And I opened the door. And Harley ran out. And you would have thought Harley had known these kids. Like, it reunited with his original owners. And then I drove off slowly with not one piece of guilt in my mind. I drove home. AJ, like I said, was a shitty dog father. I was doing this dog a favor, goddammit, Miguel. Okay, so if you're listening, fuck you. If you're like, oh, how did man do this? Listen, it was better than taking it to pound because you know they got fucking countdowns on the motherfucker. So I gave this dog, I didn't, I didn't throw it in the pound where it could be euthanized. I took it to a, a whole new, beautiful little neighborhood. So I don't know. It was like two or three days later. Fucking AJ's like, AJ came home one day from work, and we were going to have some people over, and he was like, hey, uh, has anyone seen Harley? And I was like, I don't fucking know. And then I had told some to my other roommates, I told them what they did, and they're like, uh, and they're all high, like, what? Oh, yeah, no, haven't seen Harley. Nope, haven't seen her. Nope. And everything's cool. We're hanging out. I'm thinking he's still like looking for his dog. I hear him yelling, Harley, Harley, opening the slide doors and shit, looking for her. And then I hear, oh, there you are, Harley. <laughs> and like a goddamn ghost right through the front door. There's this fucking dog. Okay, we're talking some Homer Bowden shit, some Milo Oda shit. How the fuck did this dog get from at least 15 miles away? And Redbug Red Road is a busy highway. Yeah. I mean, there's like, shit. there's fucking stores and businesses and homes. This motherfucker had some damn homing pigeon device in his head or some scent and came all you the must way have back been to the house. You must have shitting yourself. And I looked it. at him and he looked at me. <laughs> and I was like, 
Oh my god. Harley looked did you hear that look? He was like, You missed motherfucker. My oh, turn. Yeah. But uh just a fast word, the dog actually got ate by an alligator. We believe we saw his body floating in the uh the back of the lake. Are you bullshitting me? No, dead ass. God, that's horrible. But it man. was like he had he had three more good months, so <laughs> So the moral of the story is we've all lived with someone who didn't take care of their animals. Yeah. Oh man, and I love animals. Just for the record, before y'all get all crazy, talking about Mike fucking no. Like I had to find this dog a better home. The dog you had to find the dog a better home. He let him live in a park, but it came back. He, yeah, he obviously just fucking was like, no, I don't know listen, what I'm doing. Miguel, as I was looking in the rearview mirror, these kids were like, hey, the doggy. <laughs> they were so. I made those kids so happy. They looked like the ice cream man who just showed up. They were so stoked. <laughs> he just, oh, oh, there he is. You must have been like, what the fuck, man. Good times growing up. That's only the the surface. Like I mean, you've had a lot of dogs, though, man. Like you got you actually got in a foster home because your dad tried to shoot your dog, right? Yeah, uh, Rambo is a Chinese Sharpay, and my dog was like bout it, bout it. Like if if someone yelled, I remember uh, we had the Nintendo uh, Power Pad thing. Ooh, yeah, because my dad was like, you know, <laughs> fucking. A little Isn't it weird? Like our like our dad sometimes would do things, and you're like, this guy is such a dick. And then out of nowhere, he'd be like, let's get some dominoes and rent some video games. Yeah, he was like letting us watch The Simpsons yeah. and Beavis and Butthead. And we were like the first kids to have cable television and then have a Nintendo. Yeah, and I was like blown away. And he had he bought the one with the. The, the bright, gun? the bright orange duck hunt yeah. game uh, gun, and we had it was called the power pad, and you could play like people. I remember one of the guys were turtle, yeah, and uh, and one was named rabbit too. It was like racers. It was like the shittiest graphics, and you went, you jumped on it like this, like kicking your feet, and you would jump. You could do high jump and long jump and shit. Well, anytime someone would jump on that, Rambo would fucking like. Like try to attack them. He did not like fast movement. You had to, he was like the CEO, the CEO of the house. You got to check in with him. You'd be like, he had to fucking be like, yeah. And anytime someone raised a voice, my mom yelled. One time, my mom slapped me. The dog tried to fucking attack her. Fucking my dad. One time, one time, one time, of many times, got drunk as shit. Came home and started screaming. And I, I'm pretty sure it was like. uh my dad didn't beat the shit out of my sister much, but yeah. he, he definitely would come at me. And when he was drunk, it was just one crazy night. And uh, I remember uh, we, we lived in a neighborhood called uh, Sky Lake South. It was uh, the first time I'd, I lived in a place that wasn't a trailer. And it was like this little townhouse. I lived on 11122 Heathcliff Street, and, uh, which is right off Orange Blossom Trail near like Hunter's Creek, South Chase area, by the Florida Mall and shit. He drug Rambo out to the backyard and pulled out this pistol. And fired, I think, like three shots into the right, ground. Right in the fucking, right in outside the house. He's like, I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill this goddamn dog. Because my dog, Rambo was trying to attack my dad because he was like beating the shit out of me. He was yeah. protecting me. And uh, then I remember the, the cops being there. Because this is like, this ain't like the sauce cats. You can't just fire off guns and shit and everything yeah. be cool. There was like our neighbor, you could literally bang on the fucking the wall and they could hear what you, they could hear the domestic violence through the fucking wall, you know. Do you remember that shit? That I remember being a kid and hearing like the neighbors fight. And uh, this is so fucked up, but this is like eighties, nineties vibes. The neighbors are going at it hard. You hear shit breaking. Oh yeah, and you're just like, just raise the volume and yeah. not give a fuck. Look, there was like a baby face video where it was like talking about domestic violence. How yeah. you knew the neighbor was getting his ass kicked or yeah. ass kicked. And- do you remember? Do you remember your parents were just banging on the neighbor like, hey, cut it out. Like, that was the advice, like, my dad or mom would give. trying to watch HBO over here. We're sitting here trying to watch HBO, and you keep beating your fucking family up. Yeah. 
Can you take your domestic violence somewhere else? We're trying to eat dinner. Yeah, man. We Dad sprung for fucking KFC, and you're making it weird. Dinner was either the best of times or the worst of times. That's when Dad was either going to like, you know what, uh, good job, boy, or he was going to be like, you motherfucker. Do you remember catching that dinner vibe? Like, you'd sit down, and like you'd wait to see like Mom and Dad, and you'd be like, how are they? And then you'd realize they weren't talking to each other. And you're like, fuck. That's kind of that. That kind of touches on a sensitive nerve with me because I remember like being young, living in Texas, and I remember like the first time me and my sister like had felt this. Oh man, mom and dad are fighting. What's that? Yeah. Oh man. And you almost like naturally just know that it's not right. Yeah. So you feel uncomfortable and you don't know why. And the thing is, this is what I used to hate. Like sometimes my dad would go out. My dad was a Marine and sometimes him and the boys would be out drinking all fucking night. And so my mom was like, fuck this. If he'd he's come not home, home, bitch, where's my dinner? If he'd come home, I, I'd sometimes wake up to hearing the microwave going off at like four in the morning because I knew my dad had come home. But some nights my mom would be like, fuck this. She'd lock all the locks, oh, everything shit. and leave him outside. And it's Spanish woman don't play. Well, yeah. And it would suck because like. I hear my dad struggling with the locks, and I'd want to go downstairs to open them for him so my dad could come home. But I also knew my mom had locked him out because she was sick of his shit. And I would just lay there all sad as fuck in the bed like, oh, yeah. Yo, what is there to do? Do you remember like going to like your sister's room? Because sometimes I go to my older sister Melinda's room, and I just get in the bed with her, and we just both be sad as fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, I remember uh, we, we had, we had uh, came from Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, North Richmond Hills area. And we drove in a, uh, a yellow pickup Datsun pickup truck with a white camper. And I remember when we got here, they pulled over. I remember to where it is today. It's in the parking lot of this like shitty, shitty hotel on orange blossom trail. And they had parked near like this railroad. And I remember we went on this like, you know, epic road trip, you know, from, from Dallas to Orlando and having this weird, like, my parents were like, well, so what y'all want to do? Mom and dad, are, well, you know, we're going to uh, do this thing called divorce. And and they weren't even legally married. Uh, it, they had a thing called common law marriage when yeah. you lived with each other for so long. So they weren't even legally married, yeah. technically. And It's uh, called love marriage. Yeah. Okay. And Real then, marriage. Yeah. That, and that's when I found out my, my father wasn't my real father in a yeah. foster home. And then I was like, oh, man, so my dick's not going to get any bigger because I remember seeing my dad's huge ass dick. On a hot summer day in, a, in the trailer. And you thought that was your biological dad. Oh, man, so you I was thought. so stoked. I was like, man, this dick about to get big, big. Okay, okay. So Did you, night, like, catching catching a glimpse of your old man's wood is like a rite of passage as, oh, a, as sure. a young boy. These kids don't understand it now. They, they Steven, get it all. Steven, our producer, is nodding his head right now big time. Hot Rod, you ever catch a glimpse of uh, a... No, I don't do that shit. That gay cool. I don't do that shit good. That's gay cool. <laughs> Anytime you were a kid, it's a weird, like, uh, rite of passage to be like, let me... uh. Let me see what he's working with. What am I going to inherit, you know? And uh, that's why I'm glad my dad had good personality, you know? <laughs> your, dad got a, your dad got a small dick? No, I think my dad had bad, fucking real good wood, and you're, I never it's got like a, it. It's like an alien objection. I don't remember. I never got it. Was it was blurry. You know, I remember being a kid and catching a glimpse and being like, that guy's like the chupacabra. I don't know if it's real. Yeah. No, I wish I wish I had my I wish I, I wish I had my dad's dick. I saw Let's call your dad right now. Say, like, how, what happened to the dick? What oh, happened? Oh man, what happened here? Yeah. Hey, McGill, you got me to fucking radio show. Yeah. <laughs> when I see him, I'm pop you in the mouth. Because <laughs> I always say, like, I got like a, like, uh, you know, when, when I, my old man had like a fucking like a like a 1911 45, and I got like a snub nose 38. Like, it's it's good. Dude, my, it'll do its job. The but, guy who stepped in and played the captain, Sabaho. Yeah. Uh, my dad had a really nice dick. He had he had some nice length and some nice girth. Yeah. You know, a good 
thick water hose. Did you hide under the trailer and jack off after you saw his dick? No, but I used to steal his pornos and go jack off in the woods, and I'd bring a trash bag, and I would bury him like cat shit in a hole, and I'd return to the woods. I'll return to you soon. And I would bury my treasures and you lay never hide, hey, I, when I would hide When I would hide like a porn in my room, I would move it around like it was dope in a prison cell. Oh, for like sure. I could, because my mom had no problem. Just I, this is the biggest. This was one of my biggest fears growing up. I'd come home from school, I'd open my room, and everything was rearranged. Do you know and no one can listen to this podcast uh, without like being like on headphones? Or, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> no one's at work right now. Like Peter, what the hell are you listening to? My old that man cubicle? was rocking wood. You know, <laughs> my dad's dick was so nice. <laughs> but no, my fear was I would come into my room, and this happened all the time, and my mom had rearranged everything. Which meant anything not hidden well oh, was shit. discovered. That's, that's when the heart started racing. And she would pull this one on me, too. She would be like, come here. You want to explain it to me or what? Yep. And I'm like, fuck. Reading her face. And I'm like, nah. You're about she, to admit shit that, you, that she didn't even yeah. find? Yeah. I'm like, if she really found it, she'd be It was way Bobby's more mom, pissed. I swear. I didn't bring it home. Well, me and my boy Willie had found a pistol. And we had brought it home. Old Pistol and, Willie. Yeah. And, and, when, and when my mom came to me at one point, she was like, you want to explain this to me? And I was looking, and I was like, no fucking way, lady. If you'd have found a gat in my room, you'd You're like, I'm talking to lawyer up, bitch. I'm lawyer <laughs> yeah. up. I'm like, you ain't got shit. If you had real heat on me, I'd already be getting my ass whooped. Oh, yeah. I did have a bag of weed. Um, I bought this bag of weed in ninth grade. I bought it from Lamont Jackson. Fucking gangster. Uh, I bought it in the bathroom of the uh, main cafeteria hallway. And then I was I was in ninth grade. I swore, and this is like dirt ass two thousand or nineteen ninety five weed. But I swore everybody could smell that dime bag on me. And then every time I hit it, I'd just be laying in my bed like you're all sweating. Gotta move it. Gotta move it, man. And then it took me a whole week to smoke it because I wasn't gonna be able to smoke at home. I wasn't gonna be. I'd have to wait till me and my boys were hanging out. And I literally spent a week. Moving it around so many times that I came home one day and couldn't find it because I couldn't remember the last place I moved it. And I was tearing up my room and my mom came by my room one pass. Then she came by another pass and she literally yoked me up. She's like, the fuck are you looking for? Like she already she knew. knew. <laughs> you know, that's how we that's how we uh, as young men, we grow up to be slick. Yeah. Because like you got to you always fuck up. Like for me personally, I was uh uh popping in the VHS of uh, Total Recall, and I would pause it. Three titties? On the three titties scene. Just bang one out. <laughs> bang one out. I'd bang mine out to Beverly Hills Cop uh, when they're at the strip club. Uh, there's a good titty scene in that one, and I'd be like, wait for it, wait for it. And then after I banged it out, I got to watch the scene where he disarmed the guys at the strip club, and I was like, great movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happened. I was so caught up in my hormones that I'd fuck up and I got sloppy. Mm-hmm. So I would go return the the VHS tape back on the shelf. Same spot? Same spot. Are you fucking up. And I remember time. my dad being like the first two times like, what the hell? I don't <laughs> Who the fuck didn't rewind this goddamn thing? And then the the third or fourth time he's like, all right, you motherfuckers. I ain't stupid. I know what's going on here. <laughs> the goddamn three titties scene was just a minute, a second ago. So you over here jacking your dick to three titties, boy? Your dad could literally look at the VHS tape, see how much tape was on each side. He was like, goddamn three titties scene. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? It's like, a, I don't know about you and your father, but uh, me and my dad, it was one of those like unspoken things. We didn't talk like, about that shit, yeah. We didn't talk about it, and it was one of those things to where like, 
you knew at the end of the day he really didn't give a fuck, but he had to like he act like he it. cared. Yeah. Like, turn, you know when you're watching a movie and there's a titty scene or a sex scene and your parents like, don't look, Miguel, turn yeah. your head. And you're like, and you know your dad's like, yeah, whatever, I don't give a fuck. And he's there eating a popcorn, yeah, whatever, bitch, I don't care. I tell you, it was fucked up, man. Uh, my mom moved in with me for a while, for a couple years ago. She was living in New York and she came back to work uh, teaching over here at, at high school. And she... Uh, she moved in with me for a couple months because she didn't have a place. So I got her into Game of Thrones because the first season, there wasn't like as much nudity and shit. And I was like, yeah, let's watch. And then every season progressively got like more sexual. And I'm sitting there like quiet in Awkwardly, the living room. Be like, mom, yeah. it's great. You're going to love this show. <laughs> yeah. And like, then like, here comes the orgy scene. Yeah, exactly. They're just like fucking brothers or fucking sisters with tits out. And I'm like, it's cool, mom. It's cool. And then we really got into the show. But anytime next thing you know, your mom's sexy- like, yo, hey, Miguel, there's a LARPing, uh, there's a medieval <laughs> yeah. renaissance fair on the street you want to go down there and party i'm like mom why is the game of thrones uh, vhs tape stopped here <laughs> what's going on she's flicking the bean to the fucking jester uh <laughs> like when the dragon came out i couldn't control myself <laughs> um miguel get so moist when that dragon comes out i remember uh, my homeboy's mom used to rent porn and we would see it in her rentals and she would straight up be like hey don't watch these these are our porn for me and like her boyfriend and so of course we'd always steal it and watch it but I always remember, man, I always remember one time she walked into that bedroom. She was like, hey, uh, she was like, what are you doing, Miguel? Because, you know, sometimes you used to hang out at your own boy's house where they were, like, cutting grass and shit and stuff. And she walked into the bedroom. I remember, man, uh, Miss Eileen, she goes, what are you about to do? And I was like, nothing. She's like, well, go to the living room and watch a movie or something. And I was like, all right. And I walked to the bathroom because I wanted to know what was going on. And all I heard was, she's like, and I was like, uh-oh, time to fire one off. Hey, we could do a whole show, like 12 episodes of me and masturbating, right? I mean, I, I got stories for days. Like, I jacked off, though, while that woman masturbated. I was in the bathroom, one foot in the like I was about to steal a base. One foot in the bathroom, one foot off, one foot watching my boy Craig cut the grass, and then just keep like the way we used to jack off was so unrelaxed that now getting to just lay down in a bed oh, you're, sometimes you're popping aneurysms back then. Oh my god! You know how it was when you jack off back then? I felt like a meerkat in the savannah. Like you pop up every now and then because you heard like a twig break. Like, oh fuck? yeah! What the fuck? Oh yeah! There, there. Uh, my uh, uncle had a uh, shitload of Playboys. I would say like a good to keep him in the bathroom. A good two feet. No, oh, he dude. um he hit him in his closet on the floor. And uh, and it was this little trailer. It was by the East Lake Fish Camp. Yeah. In, in Kissimmee, Florida, on East Lake to- Topalaka, which means Sleeping Tiger. Um, and uh, well, every why do uh, the Indians have a word for Sleeping Tiger? I don't know. <laughs> like, how would they have had it? Like, this one summer, like Native American Indians, something man. in the air, something. Maybe I was coming into that to that yeah. that that era of like, yo, I'm about to fuck shit up. I would get so fucking horny, and we're not talking penetration. You could, you no lips, no nothing, just bush ish. This is like the landing strip was still big in the yeah. bush. You didn't see no ball pussy. You're no. like, whoa, what's like every now and then you're like, whoa, what the fuck was it? What are you from California? Whoa, you're you from know? California. <laughs> and this is in the heyday of Playboy. We're talking yeah. Pam Landerson, the Jenny McCarthy, yeah. uh, those classic episodes or uh, uh, whatever yeah. fucking magazines. And I would take this whole fucking stack out behind the trailer. Into this little fucking shed, just a little bit, just big enough to put like a washer and dryer and a push push mower. And it had a little window. 
and I would I would take the take the Playboys and open them up to my favorite, the one pages that really got you, and I'd have like yeah. a collage. I would like spread them out and open up, and I'd kind of hold them down. So I was just start. It's like Minority Report. You got everything everywhere. Yeah, it was like it was like if you had a computer, and you just popped up your favorite Windows and banged one out. So I had all and remember. Me and you growing yeah. up, we didn't have video uh, uh, like on our like phones. Like on our phone, we didn't have phone. We didn't, we didn't have fucking goddamn internet. Yeah, man. Barely. So, yeah. Some of us didn't have cable until certain points in our lives. You know, it's true. Yeah. So here I am, beating my dick like it fucking owes me money. Not once, not twice. I swear, one time I jacked off like six times a day. My my poor dick was like, help, help me, help me. Your dick's like making a plan with your balls. We got to get out of here. Oh yeah. And I would be losing weight at velocity speeds. And this is the hot of a summer, Florida summer. And I got all these Playboy mags, and I'm just dripping. You know, I was like, oh, why are the page sticky? Like, would you jizz on them? Like, no, I was profusely sweating all over these Playboys, like leaning over on this washer and dryer, just banging out, looking out this window. And I remember one time I hear, because the I remember the back trailer door yeah. had like, this like chain thing yeah. that kind of caught it. And I remember hearing, I'm like, oh, shit. And it's my mom coming out with a fucking laundry basket. And we didn't even have, you know what? There wasn't even a dryer in there. Cause I remember we had, you going to hang them on the Yeah, because I remember having the fucking clothes yeah. that remember had, they were like bricks. feel after you hung you had them? To like, yeah. You had to like break them up and yeah. shit, unwrinkle them <laughs> yeah. and like cardboard. I remember her coming in and I had to turn the fucking, the, the little chrome handle on it. Where there's little sheds. And I had to hold it back. As I'm sweating, my pants are at my ankles, and Playboy magazines are everywhere, and my mom is, like, trying to pull in, and I hear her, like, who locked the damn shed? And she goes back in, and I had to fucking quickly throw all the magazines back together, pull my pants up, and then I remember running down the driveway. I don't know. You know when you're young, young yeah. you just dumb shit. Like, let me run down this driveway, pretend I was coming from the mailbox <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden. Like, do 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 whistling you, you and shit. You just passed me. You know, it's funny. You said you stole your Playboys from your uncle. One time, uh, I stole what I thought was a Playboy from my uncle, and it turned out to be a Playgirl. Oh, God. And I was actually, like, five years ahead of knowing my uncle was gay than anyone else I thought. Cutting edge. Because I opened it up, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was What like, the hell's all these damn dicks? Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Playgirl, like... That'll like, fuck you up. Yeah, you open it up. I pop it right open. There's just a giant dick in my face. I'm already self-conscious about my body. Now I'm looking at this shit. But I remember putting it back and being like, huh. <laughs> like, do you well remember, then. Do you remember upgrading from softcore Playboy to, like, the penetration Bro, of Penthouse or anything? The first time I You're saw, like, whoa. The first time I saw a Penthouse, it was like when a dog drinks Mountain Dew for the first time. They just realized, like, this has been out there the whole time and I've been drinking water. Like, I was just like, whoa, I'm not ready for this. This is I a whole new film. Mine was Galleria. I'm digging it, but I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready yet. It was called Galleria, and I found the magazine called Galleria outside. Which, how do you find, like, back in the day, you just find a porn. It was like it was like a video game. Like, you found a new sword because you went to the Enchanted Forest. Bro, you know, I just realized something very crazy that kids these days will never understand. You could go to a fucking 7-Eleven. It was normally like a, yeah. a, a Circle K or a yeah, couple of kangaroo. farms or kangaroo. Yeah. You could get the damn pornos right there. Yeah. And they would be in the little well, Indian a, guy would be like, oh, what do you want? And you're like, yeah, hey, I'm perverted. Give me those, <laughs> yeah. give me those four fucking whore mags over there. Give me the one called I'm going to come in her. She's going to come in me. They had the little plastic black bags around it so yeah. you couldn't tell how perverted you were. And, and do you remember finding porn? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Glory to the you. You're like, oh, my. It'd be all crumpy because the sun had got to it. And, like, there might be black mold on it. But there was, like, uh, uh, and then sometimes pages would be, you'd never be able to see them. And I remember being, like, like the doctor of porn. I'd be like, give me the razor blade, boys. I can get this page. T- it's unstuck CSI so we can see. porn mags. You were, like, reconstructing a titty. <laughs> Like, you know, when a ransom note gets like- left, left behind, there's like all these good scrambled letters. Like, let me put this vagina over here. This will match her skin tone. If, like, like I said, man, I always, uh, I want to always give credit to the youth because I think like young people now do some pretty amazing shit. Fuck but them. also, also, man, if just joking, like there's a part of me that's like, son, you never jacked off to an orange pixelated titty. You ever waited 20 minutes to wait for one photo of Jenna Jameson to upload. Yeah. I mean, like, the pain, the suffering. Or wait watching the TV because there's always that moment where the scramble just stops and it's oh, yeah. still. I caught Art. You know our good our good friend Art. It made he Art, yeah. fucking his mattress. He did the whole sandwich <laughs> where he put his dick between the box spring. <laughs> and me and uh, this big old kid named Hawk, big black boy from McLaren Circle in the hood in Osceola County. And we, we one time were trying to, like, sneak, sneak him out of the house. It was, like, a late weekday. I was like a Thursday night or some shit. And we roll up like, yo, hey, Arps, hey, hey. And we don't hear nothing. And we just hear, uh, uh. And he had this, like, we're talking TVs. You got a TV in your room, bro. You were like balling. This motherfucker was 12 inches. It was a little ass TV. And we see the black, like, squiggly lines. And it looked like someone had, like, threw it, like a retarded TV. But every now, now and then that, that picture got real clear. And the next thing that we looked at the window, and Art's like in the zone. He's fucking the shit out of his mattress. And it, he denied this for like 10 years. I'll call him right now. I'll be like, you mother. And he swear, he, sw- he was so embarrassed. But it took him one day. We were all drunk or something. He was like, yeah, I was fucking the mattress. I was like, yeah, we know. He's like, yeah. Well, like I'm nine months to- later, there's all these little pillows yeah. and shit. You know? Oh, it, it was. Uh, speaking of, you said finding porn. I worked at a, a printing press company called Creative Printing. It's out there by... Uh, I'm giving like street names and everything. Yeah. I said people live in my my hood. Like, oh, I old Orange Foster Trail. I know where it's at. It was by the airport, by uh, fucking UPS, and um, we had a. Uh, it was all dudes, all older guys. I was the only guy like in his like young teens. Everyone was like thirty five plus, and um, it was the worst job I've ever had. It was like, I mean, it was a good job, but they would. His name was Herb Williams. If someone could find him, be great. He would fucking bring this pallet and be like, all right, Mike, you're going to be working on this probably the next six months. But I did bring you a sandwich and a Gatorade. And I'd be like, oh, my God. I would literally take a pallet that was like four foot high, had like 10 stacks of 12, 10 by 12 sheets of paper. And he would say, you got to separate every like five of them and slip a pink. I had to collate them. Oh, fuck that. And I would literally be doing that for months and months. How Anyways, did you find porn? So one day I went into the fucking, thank you, Miguel. Uh, I went into the fucking bathroom and there was this, I could like, anytime someone would go into the bathroom and this is like a, a big shop, kind of like a, a sweatshop that was nice and clean. It had AC, but it was, it was a bunch of old guys that were like fucking running real deal printing presses. Like they were like Gutenberg shit and fucking <laughs> some old German guy was like, you're not having enough ink. Yeah. The rollers are bad. These people are so cheap. Anyways. So it was like an unspoken thing that, yo, when someone goes in that bathroom by the break room, you leave them alone. Because we all knew underneath that sink was some primo fucking porno. And sure enough, we'd go in there, 
And it, this wasn't like, hey, we're going to go. Even if you had to just piss, you're like, no, nah, I'll sit down for this This was one. the jerk room. Oh, straight up jack off. And I remember going in there, and they'd give you that courtesy knock like, like, hey, you done yeah. yet? Like, wrap it up. But, uh, yeah, anytime you went in there and someone had been in there, it wouldn't smell like shit or piss. It smelled like jizz? It smelled like jizz. And there's some, there's nothing worse and smelling that someone else's jizz sex, is the worst smell, yo. Jizz like ass, dick cheese smell in the air, and it was just this weird fucking smell. That bathroom definitely had a vibe to it. I bet too. Like you oh. walk in there and you'd be like, "Something's wrong." So one day I had to steal some of the porno and, and I, jack off. I took the best uh, sheets out of it, flashback yeah. childhood, and I smuggled them like like Shawshank Redemption went out <laughs> to the yard. Oh, Andy smuggled through a wall the best pussy pics he could find. And I fucking went. We had this giant uh, semi-trailer, and it was even. I don't know why I kept masturbating in really hot areas. I guess it's, <laughs> so you, this, you conditioned yourself to only being able to jack off if it was uncomfortably hot. And if I went to Iraq, I would have been killing it. I would have been banging them out, <laughs> beating them out in a porta potty, fucking somewhere. And in I had Arizona. a little window. I had a little lookout window. I could see the back of the parking lot. And I'd be banging one out. I'd be like, oh, I'll go out. And, uh, they were like, you know, someone needs to organize a storage area. I'm like, I'll go. They're like, you're going to go? All right, go ahead. And I would just go out there and bang them out and shit. I got fired from that job for falling asleep. It was the first job I got fired from. And this is, we'll wrap it up with, I was in my silver Honda Civic DH hatchback thinking like, wow, I just got fired. I thought it was the end of the world. And this old Navy dude, Bob, goes, hey, chin up, kid. It's not the end of the world. Yo, you'll probably go off to fucking do God knows what. Fuck this place. I'm miserable and old. You don't want to work here the rest of your life. Because when you're young, you have that loyal shit. You're like, no, I'm going to work here yeah, You're like, where am I going to work? Like a jack off in a bathroom. Yeah, and then and that was when I realized that I probably should go off into some other business. Fuck yeah, man. Kind of ends back to how you got your start. Like- so the next episode will start... <laughs> Oh, with how do we actually get started in the business? Right, and then we'll find out we were we were at a fucking uh, at a at a at a thrift store in 1997. Oh yeah, there's so the many wormholes. Shitty Jordan jersey. Uh, guys, well, guys, thank you for listening. If well, you stick are still around, awake. yeah, stick around because we're gonna go to a quick break and then we come back. Uh, we're gonna go through some current event topics. Yeah, we're just gonna get really fucking uh, sassy, super sassy. And give us our. We're gonna give you our opinions on what's going on. Yeah, because we don't know shit about what's going on in the world, but we have some strong opinions. I, so I do follow TMZ on Instagram. So Mike's I, big at headlines. Like, uh, just to let you guys know, sometimes Mike texts me something, and then I'll read the article and ask him, "What does that have to do?" And he's like, "I don't, I don't look at the headline." I was like, "Bro, look, read this shit. I, I don't <laughs> got time. Can someone read this shit to me?" <laughs> Thank you. You're listening to the Mike Busey Show with my co-host Miguel Colon Jr. Thank you for uh, listening and we'll watching. And we'll be right back after this break. Be right back. Does your life suck? Are you tired of the same shitty old dead-end job? Has your girlfriend stopped sucking your dick? Well, guess what, motherfuckers? Knock, knock, because here's your opportunity to change your life. For just under a dollar a day, become a member of MikeBC.com right now. And you'll enjoy the following. Some of the wildest, craziest, sexiest, never-seen-before footage live on the Snapchat. Sure, we all love the regular Snapchat, but if you want to see what's really going on, join now. Not only do you get to enjoy the countless hours of entertainment from me and the rest of the Sausage Castle family, but enjoy 
the long list of content creators that you signed up for, bringing new and amazing shows just for you to enjoy. Log into your online account every day to see some of this content you may have missed. After you've been a faithful member for three months, watch your mailbox, because we're sending you one of these badass members-only t-shirts. You can't buy this anywhere. You've got to earn it. The content's good if you're really into the content stuff, but for me, I'm more about the coming down, the parties. The Snapchat's great. I watch it. It's That's not really what it's about for me. It, it's about coming down, hanging out. Being a member of MikeBeasy.com, it's not just about watching a secret Snapchat. It's an experience. As a member of MikeBeasy.com, you'll have access to some of the wildest and craziest parties at Mike Beasy's personal home, the world-famous Sausage Castle. Enjoy Members Weekends. That's where you and the rest of the family join up at the wildest house in America and spend three days and three nights camping, drinking, sucking and fucking some of the wildest shit you'll ever experience during members weekends you'll be rubbing elbows with some of the sexiest craziest wildest ladies you'll ever imagine the juicy beauties don't worry campers we've gone an extra mile here at the sausage castle to make sure all you members are comfortable and have one hell of a camping experience I've been following Mike BC for quite a while. I've been a member for about three months, and I'll tell you what, it's the best, been the best three months of my life. To Memberships members, are missing out. I, I, I started following Mike BC about, uh, about two years ago, and the guy's a real guy, and uh, allows people to come here. They're like outcasts in society, and they fit in well, and uh, I was like, yeah, I gotta, get, I gotta fuck with this guy. Man, I've been following Mike about two months. Became a member a month ago, so, but I'm, I'm happy I'm here at the fucking Sausage Castle, having a great day of fucking the drunken field bed. All I can say is America right now. Follow Mike Busey. Look at my eyes. Took my glasses off for you, America. For you. Follow Mike Busey. Become a member. Party at the Sausage Castle. Hell yeah. I hope you're hungry, because we're providing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Each campsite comes with its own electrical hookups, picnic table, fire pit, and grill. Go skating around our track, swim in our lake, enjoy our luxurious outdoor showers. The only showers that you go to get clean, but sometimes you come out dirty. During Members Weekend, enjoy the countless sports, entertainment, and amenities we have to offer. Live game show and trivia, tug of war, boxing, foam wrestling, airboating, basketball, tennis, volleyball, football, dodgeball. Enjoy our awesome arcade, epic costume parties. Do you remember playing field day as a child? Well, imagine you doing the same shit, but really wasted. Each member's weekend, you and your team will battle it out to win thousands of dollars in cash and prizes. That's right, Team White and Team Blue, not Team Black if they lose. Oh, right. It's like that, Big Mike. It's Team Black, bro. Even though we lost all our all our stuff so far. The Members Weekend, I'm going to put it simple, has been the weirdest but most epic time of my life. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, this is just, right, it, it's life. Right now to it's it's amazing. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to meet everybody, to see how cool everybody is, how what? loving they are, and just how chill they are. They're just real people like us. Like, it, I don't even think it's about the money. It's about the pride at some point. Some of these people, they get, they're so passionate about winning it that they don't even care about the cash prize. They're doing things that you'd never imagine just for the pride to win. Did you know that we have a full functioning recording studio? 
We've got some of the industry's premier equipment in our state-of-the-art recording facilities. You never know who's going to show up at the Sausage Castle. We've had a long list of celebrities, rappers, rock stars, athletes, models, and porn stars that have graced the doors of the Sausage Castle. Think of it as a summer camp, but everyone's really fucking wasted and doing really weird shit with their genitals. The party doesn't stop at the Sausage Castle. At Members Weekends, you'll be able to experience the massive invasion as the, all the members head downtown Orlando. We've been known to take the party to the streets. Nothing beats a bunch of crazy assholes loading up on a party bus for a night of fun. Or enjoy an evening on the seven seas as we gamble and drink the night away on party cruise boat adventures. You never know where Mike Busey's going to take you and the rest of the members during Members Weekends. Just shut up and get on the bus and enjoy the ride. Not everyone can make it to Members Weekends. By becoming a member, you'll be able to reap the benefits of coming to our shows and hanging out and partying with us for absolutely free, backstage or even on stage. Oh yes, if you're a member, we're putting you right there in the center of all the action. You don't have to take my word for it. Here's one of the members we met in Las Vegas. James Vince from L.A., been a member for about eight months now. Great eight months. If you're on the fence, just do it. Once you do it, you won't regret it, and you'll just love every second of it. It's a, such a debauchery that it, it's a good debauchery. You, you won't regret it. Then you meet a guy named Mike Busey, and then he introduces you to a whole other fucking life. And then you just become a member, and then you fucking see the debauchery show for it. Did we mention this is all 100% free? If you're a current member, you get to enjoy all the members' weekends for free. Let's be honest. I could probably name a million things you spend $30 a month on. Gatorade, cigarettes, bullshit the gas station, the sausage castle. It's a place that defines freedom. A place that you can be yourself. A place where all walks of life are welcomed. No matter what race religion, rich or poor, gay or straight, Christian or atheist, it doesn't matter. Come and enjoy. Arrive as strangers and leave as family. Hello and welcome back to the Mike Busey Show. He is I and I and him and I'm joined by my side, my life partner, my heterosexual life partner, the amazing Miguel Colon Jr. This is great, man. Second podcast. Uh, great energy. I thought that first half. I think if you guys didn't know a little bit about us before, you definitely learned a lot. You learned definitely about our jacking off preferences in our preteen eras. And uh, you also learned our style, which I want to kind of bring up to everybody. We've been wanting to do this podcast, but we both know that that it's going to get derailed. It's a train wreck. But everybody loves a fucking good train wreck. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. And on the second half of our podcast, what we like to do is we like to take a time to talk about some of the current events that are going on and cover some of the subjects that we've been reading about. But full disclosure, me and Mike, man... We don't really know about all this shit. We just kind of read headlines about it, and then we get strong opinions. I got Sometimes tagged on an Instagram post. Yeah. Look, Mike, 
Kanye West is having a meltdown. Yeah, well, Mike, Mike sends, and this is another thing Mike does, Mike sends us, his, his staff and friends, screenshots of shit that he hasn't read. Nope. It's just a headline, and then you have no clue what he's referencing. True. Or, or he'll do that. He'll text me a phone number at 5 a.m. with no clue or reference as to what it's about, and then I'll text him, what's this it's about? It's a puzzle. Yeah, and then he'll send me a picture of a fucking train he wants to Choose buy. Choose your adventure wisely. Yeah, I wake up in the morning sometimes to like, because Mike's up till like fucking 9 a.m., and I wake up at like 7 a.m. So Mike's up all night. I wake up in the morning. There's just like a text of a golf cart that looks like a train. Dear Miguel, yeah. here's a train and a ball of yarn. And I have no fucking clue, though, what any of this means. And then by the time... You must get across the river yeah, by the time in 30 I'm t- minutes. I'm texting him, what is this shit about? He's falling asleep. And he'll just text me back something random that has nothing to do with any of that. I'll be like, you sent me a picture of a ball of yarn and a train and a stock quote. And he'll just text me back, call them. You know? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Put the puzzle pieces together, Miguel. Or, or when Mike needs something, he'll text out a bunch of people your phone number. And he'll be like, hey, look, I need a welder to come over here tomorrow and spot weld my bus. I'm like, yo, who got the hook up on welder? Cuz, swipe up. Yeah, and he's like, text my guy. Yeah, text my guy. But you have no fucking clue that he's giving out your information. And all of a sudden, you just. So it takes like five or six text messages for you to realize that you just got fucking put on fucking Craigslist duty. And then the thing is, the people who text back be like, I can do it. Yo, I want a party, son. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck does I can do it mean? And then somebody else is like, five grand. And I'm like, what the fuck is any of this about? And then there's the poster. It's a puzzle, Miguel. Yeah. Use your, your hidden decipher code. Yeah, man. You got Da Vinci code text messages. You Pull the milk and put it under a black light upside down and, and decipher the code. You need your, Annie, your little Annie fucking decoder ring. Go to the wooden oak tree and ask the squirrel which way is north. <laughs> Didn't follow it. Yeah, man. None of it makes sense. And uh, with that, <laughs> we uh, we like to kick off the second half of our podcast, like I said, covering some current events. But uh, we're definitely going to still talk about our masturbation styles. It, it pretty much fits to every topic. But, but you were talking about Kanye. Tell them what's up. What was happening with that? Well, I'm glad you asked, Miguel, because apparently to the internet, Mr. Kanye West... Is having a fucking meltdown. Yeah, I join saw the that. club, Kanye. I saw that. Did you see? Did you see the video of his rally when he was at his uh, his campaign rally? I, I did see a little bit of it, and you know, depending on what media outlet you get it from, you know, we, it's 2020. Everyone wants to paint something the way they want to paint. I don't it. think there was any media outlet that didn't paint a picture of Kanye West standing up saying, uh, "Fucking that Harriet Tubman." Uh, didn't free slaves. That was well. First of all, when I saw it, I was like, "Presidential rally? What the fuck? This looks like one of my." One of my shitty like stage shows in some shithole bar in Nebraska. Like, it looked like an open mic show. Yeah, I thought he was gonna do some like uh, spoken word poetry or something. I was like, somebody give him the fucking light. There's give gonna the be light. an interpretive dancer off. in the back. He uh, no microphone, no mic, and no podium. What's up with Kanye's voice too lately? Like he's going soft, man. He's going, he's going soft. soft. His voice always kind of sounds like like he's real effeminate these days. You know, I mean like. I I think he is probably one of the greatest uh, talented people of our time, but definitely a train wreck. And you, I, you literally never know what the fuck he's gonna say or do. It's like when when he was with uh, Mike Myers and they were doing that telethon. And he was like, "George Bush hates black people." You're like, "Whoa, what?" Mike Myers' face was like, "Fuck, man, I'm never gonna get Austin Powers four. There goes Austin Powers twelve, baby. Yeah. There it goes. Shit." <laughs> Fat bastard's gonna have to do a spin off. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy though with this Kanye shit, man, is that uh, here's the thing. 
I worry. I worry because of you, Mike. I worry because of you because I know that if you saw at 4 o'clock in the morning, Kanye said that uh, Harriet Tubman never saved any black people. My like, Busey post will be like, wait a minute, well, bro. let's look into this. Yeah, let's look into this is like the Mike Busey fucking quote I wanna, to anything. Like, this is why when we're talking about like politics, religion, or any type of current event or uh, murder and mystery crimes or whatever the fuck is going on in this, this crazy world is that there's so much. We could literally spend our whole fucking podcast talking about one of these subjects and, and still not even know the actual facts because – uh, not only did he say that Harriet Tubman uh, gave uh, sold black people to She's white, basically said other that Harriet white Tubman, people, yeah, she didn't free black people. She gave them to other white people. Now I was playing this this Black History uh, board game in middle school, and I'm pretty sure I saw Harriet Tubman on the the front of the box, the cover. And I, from what I've heard, and uh, historically uh, written, that she was uh, one of the OGs. She was. She was uh, like she was like the the queen of the creep. She was like, all right, y'all come over here. I'm gonna sneak y'all out the back. She had all kinds of hidden passages, underground railroad, all that shit. Where do you think Kanye's? I don't know. Maybe he knows something. I don't know. I don't fucking know because I've been told my whole life that that's what exactly Harry Tubman did. Um, and then he, th- th- I don't of, know. One of his platforms also for running for president is he wants to give a million dollars to everyone with uh, a kid. Bitches were like. Wait a minute! Did he say a million dollars? I can get behind that. I mean, Barack Obama was giving out phones. Now this motherfucker <laughs> wants to give out fucking million dollars. Everybody's trying to get fucked. The bar's gonna get raised way too high. What's oh, Trump yeah. gonna give out, man? Like some of y'all, are like God damn, we already had three of these motherfuckers. That's three million we wasted. <laughs> like a million dollars a baby, you would see people live. They wouldn't leave their house. They'd be fucking all the time like rabbits. Oh shit, man! Any any fucking Catholic out there just got paid. Oh yeah. No, it's uh, I mean, I think now, at his point in his career, he's already made all these amazing hits. He never has to make another good song again. There's always going to be the classics he's had, but I think that like people in America, we love to like love them, build them up, and then we want to destroy them. It's the Rocky syndrome. Like you want to root for the underdog. Once the underdog comes on top, you don't give a fuck about him anymore. Yeah, and and I think now. It's even gone beyond that. I think it's in the phase of, like, we don't even want to hate on him anymore. Even the people that hate him, now it's like, man, there's something not right. It's like they feel bad. I think there's something not right with Kanye, and I think I think we need to appreciate that before we – like, you know, I make jokes about him talking shit about him and stuff, but I think you need to appreciate the fact that something doesn't seem right with Kanye. Here's right what now. I like. I do like about him. I love his music. I love his, his, his funky, like, I don't give a fuck. He's a renegade. He's just against the grain type of dude. I do, I do like that. And I like that he literally just says whatever the fuck he wants. I like that. That's what I liked about Trump. Like, right. I was like, this guy is not a politician. He's just going to say whatever the fuck yeah. he means. I love when people were like, I want to vote for Trump because he's not a politician. I'm like, that's like saying, oh, I definitely want a plumber who's not a plumber because that guy will fix my fucking sink. I'm tired of all these plumbers coming over here trying to fix my fucking sink. You know what we need? A carpenter. That'll switch shit up. Well, without getting too political, um, it's got to the point to where they, uh, uh, other people are like concerned and lo and behold, do you know who came to his uh, his rescue to his aid? I do, Dave Chappelle, man. Dave Chappelle. You know Dave Chappelle gave me uh, a back massage, like a shoulder massage. I did not know that. Yeah, and there's someone who has footage of it. Uh, 
and I would love to get that. I remember this is when he was at the pinnacle, like the height of his Chappelle show. Dave oh Chappelle? yeah, his yeah. first like tour was at the Tampa Improv, and he came out, and I, I got to hang out with him backstage for a little bit in the green room, whatever. And he came through the he came to the back of the crowd instead of like where the stage is. Yeah, because uh, Orlando people come from the back of the yeah. stage or, or Tampa. Uh, I don't know. Do they come from the front of the stage in Tampa? In Tampa, they come from the back. In Orlando, in the Orlando Improv, they come from the side of the stage. Yeah, and they walk up front. So we came to, he came to the, the back, back of the crowd. Room. He yeah. was like part of the season, yeah. and this is everyone's like freaking the fuck out. And he walked straight to my table, and just sat there and started like massaging my shoulders. And like, and at the end of the night, everyone's like, "Yo, that's the dude. That's that's a guy that Dave Chappelle massaged his shoulders." Someone has fucking video of this shit. I just don't. It, it was back like a time where, like, yo, you do, it's not ethically, like, right for you to videotape. Plus it was or razor pictures. phone error. Yeah, it was so pretty it, bad. So once the lights Someone were Someone has Sasquatch, razor. like, pixelated footage of me getting a back massage, and I demand it now. I, I, I went through one of my phones one time, and I found all these pictures. Like, I'd filmed with girls and stuff and thought were so hot. And they're all so grainy and pixelated. It's Your like dick probably looked huge, like a bunch of... Uh, Pixelated you, blocks. You can't even see, man. Like it's all just all one blur. It's like fucking jacking off to Minecraft. You know, like it was just it wasn't what it wasn't what it shouldn't be. And and to anyone who jacks off to Minecraft, I don't want to I don't want to yuck your yum. I'm just saying, you know, that's how it felt to me, man. So Dave Chappelle, I guess, got on a plane and flew to Wyoming or something, and. Uh, not only in the meltdown. Do you think like, like, about, the, like the Wyoming FBI was freaking out? They're like, we have two black people. That's it. People shut it down. Thing. Yeah. Shut it down. Fucking. They're starting to unite. Yeah, wake the drug task force. Something's happening. This is yeah. our Appalachian. Yeah. You know? They're like, some white girl's going to get raped. We can just feel it. Yeah. They're like, uh-oh. Something's wrong in Wyoming. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> so all I guess he not only did he talk about um, his like, I guess his presidential, he's worse than me, actually, come to find out, with his uh, rants. And he, I guess, had a presidential meeting, but then talked about how he wanted to uh, abort his first child. And he started crying. He had 2020 shaved in the back of his head, I think. Uh, I didn't get confirmation from his barber. He didn't tag him on the post, but uh, it looked like it was 2020. In the back, they they sent Chappelle in like that negotiator from Waco. Yeah, he's like, I don't, before anything goes wrong, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. That was Ruby Ridge. You're like, I could talk yeah. to this guy. We went to the same clan meeting. Yeah, they're like, let me sit down and talk with the boy. He respects me. They're like, send Chappelle in, and maybe he can fix this because we don't want to have to send Cat Williams in because we sent Cat in. We're sending Cat in with a gun. You know, Dave Chappelle's like. My brother, hey man, listen, uh, I don't know if you remember, but a couple years ago back, I went crazy and they said oh, I went to Africa and lost my mind. So I feel you. So maybe they were like, we got to send in Dave Chappelle. He's at, he's at fucking mock uh, stage four of a meltdown. Yeah, they're like, listen, before he ends up like Martin Lawrence with a gun on the freeway, we got to send Chappelle in. Because Chappelle walked away from shit when it was getting too tough. Didn't have, uh, didn't have like a, a freak out. Just walked away. You know, and so they're like, oh, send Chappelle in. Yeah, I would love to see what that meeting was like. Because here's the thing with Kanye having his meltdowns. He, it's like, you look at him, and he's still, like, in his whole, like, spill of stuff. I watched a little video of the meeting. Yeah. And, like, there's some random homie sitting there. It looked like a fucking, the beginning of a cameo. What's up, yo? Hey, this is Dave Chappelle. I'm here to see fucking Kanye. Uh, and, and, and fucking, uh, uh, it was, like, awkward because you could tell, like, he didn't, uh, Mr. West didn't even. Uh, Mr. West! He didn't 
he was like acting like everything was fine, like yeah. everything was good. So it was like you know they had to go for a little walk or that's something. That's like, like have you ever gone to visit a homie of yours that's like bad on drugs and like all you guys come to see him and he's like scratching his neck like hey baby I didn't even know y'all was coming. Uh, I have a seat here on this box. Uh, uh, can I get you some pizza from the garbage? And you're like Rico. We're here to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, let me just get something for them. He just runs out the fucking back, you know? Yeah, I mean, he, he's, there's like, there was no, like, show to be done in Wyoming tonight. Dave Chappelle wasn't on tour. Yeah. Let me just pop by Wyoming real quick and, and hang out with Mr. West. Who knows? What do you think the conversation was like? What, what do you think they talked about? I think Dave went there to see with his own eyes to make sure, because Dave and Kanye were homeboys, you know, they, like, they, they were, they, they've been through a lot. I think he went there to go make sure the media wasn't selling him some story of Con- with Kanye that wasn't true. And I wonder, I, I, I have no clue how he left, though. I wonder he, if he left like, fuck, man. Here's the thing with the media. It means it's like, it's like once you get on their shit side and they just want to rub you to the dirt, the next story is like, well, batshit crazy guy uh, looks like he helped a bunch of school children yeah. buy school supplies. Yeah, uh, we think he's, uh, we probably have to shoot him, put him down. Yeah, he's buying shit from Wayfair. So he's getting crazy. Know. Like yeah. so, who knows? But uh, and all cesareness, all Hollywood bullshit, trying to entertain you guys. We hope he's. I hope he's okay. He, we, we do too, man. But I don't want to lose him. This is just a side note that it's nothing to do with Kanye, but it has to do with like mental illness and stuff. Something that we found out is that there's a national, the National Suicide Hotline just got approved to a three number format now. So it'll be like nine eight eight instead of having like a long one eight hundred number. It's like, hold on, I want to kill myself, but I can't remember the fucking number. <laughs> yeah, like, can I someone to talk Google to what the, hot, the shortcut to this is? Yeah, four one one pain. Fuck, I can't remember. <laughs> is it? Do I push the pound What's or the star? What's fucked up is about like four one one pain or any of those pill mill places. You call them up, they're like, oh, this isn't the suicide line. But have you thought about oxycotton? Have you thought about that, son? Yeah, um, fuck it. I I remember being young and. Stupid and calling a couple suicide hotlines like yeah I want to kill myself I'm like <laughs> you're like laughing and like being and just you know that to you prank know them. you know that the person on the line's like fuck this is the one. I got one I got one I'm gonna save his life guys I'm walk old Billy off this fucking ledge it's like boiler room everybody like, like get on the board get yeah. on the board get a, put, put red on the board put red on the board hey Pete know? we're gonna have to let you go we had four jumpers on your uh, watch last night. Uh, looks like you don't got really what it's cut out to be a suicide negotiator. Like, what is the suicide hotline call center like? Like, because, you know, I, we've all worked in, like, call centers where they're, like, a board up. They're like, we're trying to hit 100, guys. First person to hit 100, they're going to get Disney tickets. Woo! Yeah. You're going to get a timeshare in Orlando, Florida. You know what, new guy? I'm going to sit you down with Craig. He's a real closer. He's batting 50%. You grew up in Central Florida, and we would watch Nickelodeon at the end of Double Dare. They're like, and you are going to trip a win a trip to Orlando, Florida, Universal Studios. I'm like, wait a minute. They're there right now. What yeah. the fuck? They got to like, go home and they come back? <laughs> yeah. What, do they just extend their hotel a few nights? Say, yo, motherfuckers, get the fuck out. Do you think there's like a call center boss at the suicide hotline who's like a kind of cool guy that you could tell was definitely fun in high school and he could have never got a better job, but he's killing it at the suicide hotline. Oh, yeah. For he's got sure. like the blazer from like Men's Warehouse. And he's like, let me tell you the rules around here. Number one, they always kill themselves. Yeah. They always do. So don't worry, okay? The question is, do they kill themselves when they're on the line with you? Then you are a winner, Yeah, sir. yeah. Make sure you just get them. See if you can give them a retention device. The key is to keep them on the phone. You don't want... And remember... Hello? Hello, Pete? Are you there? Yeah. Blink once, Pete, if you're dead. Yeah. Let me hit, hit the pound sign. Boop. He's good. All right. Send him over to one of our closers. Send him over to one of our Send closers. Send him a, uh, a t-shirt and a, a free chip clip. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of suicide, Nick Cannon. Uh, people are worried about him because it looks like he's having kind of Damn, like a Chappelle meltdown. Chappelle can't go everywhere. Yeah, know? Dave Chappelle has <laughs> got to go see Nick Cannon next because I guess Nick Cannon – uh, you you know what's going on. He had yeah, some. He said some fucking taboo well, shit. Nick Cannon uh, and Professor Griff were talking on a podcast. And Who's Nick Professor Cannon, Griff? Professor Griff from uh, Public Enemy. Okay, and so they Sorry. were talking. And Professor Griff had got let go from Public Enemy because they had said he made some really anti-Semitic comments in the past. He wasn't then, edgy enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he pushed it. And so uh, Nick Cannon, he made a statement saying that black people were the original Hebrews and that and it, 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 it sparked a little controversy. And I'm ruining the context of some of what he said. But uh, you're like, ah, oh, some black shit. There was some Jews in there. Next thing you know, Nick Cannon was fired or something. What happened? I mean, that's about what happened. Like, that's what I know about what happened. So, Good thing we don't have any corporate sponsors. We'd be, uh, we'd be pulled. The plug would be pulled very fast. Our jack off episode was enlightening. Could you imagine us having like a boss, like Mike Mingo? Come on and have a seat. We're going to talk about episode two. Uh, the first hour you talked about masturbating as kids, uh, vigorously in woodsheds with sticky playboys. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, we'd be we'd be fired immediately. Be pulled off. So Nick Cannon. Said some edgy shit, which I don't care. Like, there's nothing, unless you're, like, talking about fucking kids or something or raping bitches or something. Like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, you're not going to offend me. You don't have a line where you're like, fuck. Even when I see someone who's blatantly, like, racist towards even white people, like, fuck whitey. Like, I remember, like, when I was younger. rolls off the tongue, so don't yeah, get Yeah, fuck whitey is, like, fun to say, even yeah. for a white guy. Yeah. Know? I feel like white people and Chinese 80, people have got the good this. end of the racism. 80% of people who say fuck whitey are white. Yeah. F- fuck whitey hardly. I've never heard anyone else. But I'm going to say 99% of people who say fuck whitey are white. Yeah. I've never really, like, it's about their intention, too. Because, like, you could hear someone else is not your race and they could say the simplest thing but if you like kind of look into their soul like ooh this motherfucker meant that the bad way oh really oh so you so you don't so you think all white people smell like soup really tell me more and then you're like offended but then sometimes Why it's is like that too I, I was i was around growing up around a lot of everything yeah. everything i had a chinese friend all the black friends you could have spanish friends you name it so like none of that stuff was like we all knew we were all different and and you know uh I always knew I'd never be as athletic as my black friends you know and I handled that very well and I always like looked up to you know hip hop culture and you know uh when you're a young white kid you you, you know back in our in our day when hip hop was coming to to its uh pinnacle with Tupac and Biggie that shit was like the the late '90s was the shit, and I mean, everyone wanted to be black. That's I think. why you bought that House of Pain album. Well, I also got a Crisscross record. Wow, after you that were picking shortly. all the winners, huh? Yeah, I went from white to like kind of tan to. Eventually, I upgraded to Wu Tang. The Wu Tang Forever double disc album was my shit. Ninety six ish, ninety seven. Yeah, yeah Wu Tang. Ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. ninety three was the first Wu Tang into the thirty six chambers, I think. Yeah, so I mean. Uh, yeah, I guess Nick Cannon said some shit, and then he, then he, uh, then he, uh, I then like, he demanded. I like the information of this podcast. I guess Nick Cannon said some shit. I don't know. We could I'm Google. not a fit. I was never really like. I, I, I appreciated Nick Cannon. Who the fuck was a Nick Cannon fan though? 
And I ain't dissing him because he makes more money than fucking both of us put together. He does his thing entertainment-wise. He's like a Ryan Seacrest where I'm like, this guy is a part of everything. But who the fuck was ever like, ooh, Nick Cannon's dropping that new album? You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone's riding around listening to to Nick. I know Cannon. one Nick Cannon song. I remember Gigolo. Do you remember that I, one? No. Gigolo is the one Nick Cannon song that came out, which actually ties into another story, Mr. Ash Armand, and you were telling me about him uh, from the show Gigolo. What's that all about? So on Showtime, I don't, it was you know some years back now, like maybe five or six years back, there was this show on Showtime. Uh, and it was about a uh, an agency called uh, Cowboys and Angel Angels and Cowboys. Basically, this guy was a man pimp, but he wasn't like the emphasis of the show. It was his man hoes, his gigolos, Boy not pussy. to be confused with juggalos. Okay, uh, and he uh, had like one of everything. He had like the. The hot, one older, of everything. The that just older, sounds so horrible when you like, think about a pimp. soft, gentle white dude that's gonna like. You know, do poetry and open the door and be gentleman. He had like that douchebag, like Guido, do like, "What's up, baby? You trying to get fucked or what?" And then he had like this, this uh, smooth, uh, very olive skin complexion Spanish guy, um, or whatever. I don't know if he was Armenian or some shit. I don't know what the fuck he was. He was tan, all right. He was tan, and he had a nice long black ponytail, and he was actually one of the cooler dudes. You ever see like a dude on a show? You're like, man. In real life, me and this guy would be bros. And I was thought it was this guy. Was this a real guy. show or was this a, like, yeah, a documentary? Yeah, real show. It was like a documentary. So the show would follow these guys and they were just like broning out, like lifting weights and shit or like hanging out. And they're like, yeah, I got to go fuck this old Were these guys tonight. real gigolos? Or was yeah, it- real, this is all real. They were real. They did a so whole show. So you watched the show and you saw a gigolo and you were like, I like him. He's cool. Oh, I remember the, what was the show with the pizza guy that would show up and fuck people? It was an 80s movie. Um, uh, Love, Lover Boy. Yeah. So I was like, whoa. Fucking a chick getting paid? That's crazy. So when I saw this show, I was instantly captivated by it. But apparently, the dude who uh, was one of my favorite characters had a little fucking problem because I guess he beat the shit out of his girlfriend and killed her, and he got arrested for murder. And I don't think that's what she ordered on the fantasy fucking uh, menu because in this show, they would follow them around and they would talk about the date they have to go on and. Of course, they probably, the producers were like, all right, let's fucking keep the semi I just think it's chicks. so weird that there was a show following dude whores. Yeah. But if there was they a show following women whores, oh, there was, though. HBO used to have that live from the, uh, like, the, 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 what was it, Ranch? The, was it the, the Bunny, Bunny Ranch? Ranch? Yeah. Yeah, they used to have that one. I was supposed to uh, send a member of our website to the Bunny Ranch on Valentine's Day, and then uh, uh, one of our buddies' uh, advice um, our friend Mitchell, he uh, gave. I said, "Hey, I want, do you know anyone of the?" Bun-? I actually no. I knew he had did a story on uh, dude, uh, the 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 owner. The I don't. Old. I don't know him. You knew. You let yeah. me look at my phone here because I, I I don't want to fucking be his unhistorically correct here. Dennis Hoff, Bunny Ranch. Yeah, I have his number right here. But he's dead, and I didn't get to send. I didn't get to make that phone call. And, I, and he was expecting my phone call. I was supposed to call him, but he died. But it has nothing to do with any of this. It's just this uh, group of guys, they were fucking girls, and they were, like, successful, attractive businesswomen. They were in town. and See, that's the to- bullshit, too. Like, I, that, that's Hollywood bullshit that successful, attractive businesswomen are buying man whores. It's and 90% hold on. These weren't dudes. just, like, you would think, okay, 
a girl goes from like two fifty to five hundred, maybe a thousand for the big ones. But these guys were like weren't fucking for less than like a grand and shit. These bitches were paying what? to this fuck is these dudes. Hollywood bullshit. What woman needs to pay a grand? To fuck like some Guido from New Jersey, dead ass man. And I, I was like this one older guy. He was like he was like the dude who like still had a decent body, worked out. He had he was like the leather skin. He was always really tan. Like the Daytona and, uh, Beach I don't know, skin. It was like five hundred bucks a day or something to go to away for like what? a whole month and just be her companion. But she's going to Europe. She could probably find a European gigolo for for less. Yeah, I don't know. Expenses. I was blown away, but. Moral story is think? this dude choked his chick and killed her. I don't know. Fucking beat the shove and she's dead. What would you charge? So he won't be on next season some fucking gigolos. What would you charge? I mean, uh, to be honest with you, that's a good question because uh, one time uh, back at Saskatchewan 7, uh, which was the entire time I was there, I was so broke. I was basically ready to move in anyone with a fucking uh, a pulse and a, and a fucking. I didn't care if they even had a job. Like, I was like, yo, you got first and last month rent, you can move in. So uh, we had just moved into this house, and we had just got evicted from Saskatchewan 6. So we went to 7, had no intentions going there. We were we had to film a pilot for MTV where we had to shoot guns. And um, I knew this redneck dude who had a bunch of land. He's like, all right, you want to come on, shoot, this, shoot these guns out here? I was like, yeah. He's like, hey, see that house over there? I fucking wanna, I'm fucking going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it. You want to live in it? I was like, hell no, I live a... Mile from UCF, life is great. I got hot ass like sorority girls at my house like every night on accident. Like two weeks later, I'm getting a victim. Hey, what's up with the house? And I had nowhere to go, so I literally packed up U-Haul and he, we agreed to pay uh, more than what we should have. It was like two grand a month, and I was like, all right, there's we, we can turn the the dining dining room into a living a bedroom, which we did. We walled this shit up and put a fucking door on that motherfucker. And I was like, all right. Nah. I'll live in the garage, and we'll rent out the, each room. And all right, we'll we'll just pay five hundred bucks a piece, which is a time, which was a lot of money. Yeah, man, introduce Gigolo story is where this was going. Oh yes, yes. Is, what would you would yeah, pay? Thank, what thank would you for reminding me. Yeah, because so the first Mike Busey guys, one time he has this, no clue where he's going, but he's gonna go. But deep. thank you. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. So what would you charge? So this girl showed up one late night, a less than desirable girl. You yeah. have so you have charged, and. We were all drinking and partying, and I remember her name was Melissa. It was a little, little fucking, her name was Melissa, and uh, she had one of those fancy Nissan Zs. Like, when it first came out, I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, a fucking Ferrari? What the hell is this shit? And uh, we were all drinking, and I remember being her like, man, I'd love to live here. I would do anything to live here. I was like, oh, really? Well, we got this room up here, you know, for rent. She's like, how much? I was like, a thousand. I, I, I kind of got greedy. I was like, you know, yeah. fucking, I don't know this chick. You know, I seen the nice car. You know, I got I got bills to pay, Miguel. I got sh- I got shit to do. Okay, I'm I'm wasting away. I'm broke. I'm eating hot dogs every day. And she's like, I'll give you first and last month right now. But she was like, kind of flirty and stuff with me. And I was like, how ugly? Because you said she was less than no, desirable. I, she. I mean, because we're ugly, so my, it's hard when we talk okay, about that shit. Yeah. I'm ugly, but she was uh, a little not not as desirable as as my penis is accustomed to. Yeah, pretty face, a little little too thick for me, you know. And I'm a thick guy, you know. Too thick people just just don't work out, you know. So, uh, I remember fucking uh, 
feeling the vibe like, yo, this bitch is like trying to fuck me. She like wants to fuck me. And I could tell, she could tell, I could tell that. And then she was like, well, you want me to move in, do yeah? I'll write you a check right now. I was like, well, what'd you say? And this is back in the day when you wrote a check, that shit was like, that's it. That's game over. You're good. So she says, yeah, I'll give you $2,000 right now. So I was like, okay, let's let's do this. And I told her, I was like, yo, all right, man, this girl. And I remember my boy, uh, two two of my uh, African-American friends were there. And she's like, and they were all like, you know, they were fucking just like, hey, well, you know, what's up, baby? What's up, baby? And they were trying to holler. And I was like, yo, hey, you know, hey, uh, my boys, you know, they want to fuck with you. You know, what's up? You know, they think you're cute. She's like, oh, you know who I think is cute? And I was like, oh, God. And I was thinking to myself, like, oh, what? She's like, I think you are cute. And then she, I remember her taking the check and being like, so you want this rent? And I was like, I was like, uh, what does that mean? She's like, you know what it means. She throws me down in the bed and just starts, fucking man starts sucking my dick. And I was like, oh. You gigolo fuck. It feels so good, but it's, I don't want to do this. No, no, no. I was like, all right. And then my Did your like Panamanian pimp come in there and just bust in the door and be like, you suck that dick, you better give me that check in my hand? Long story short. I fucked her, but I was like, "No, no, this isn't right." If you're gonna, I stopped like maybe twenty pumps into it. Oh, you didn't give I her what you paid. I tapped in the boys. Ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. They came in. They 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 finished up, and uh, consensual. You had a cleanup picture. Yeah, and uh, I remember like kind of like not crying in the shower, like. <laughs> but I was you just like got man hoard. But I I went to the big the very next morning and put that check. And I still have the check to this day, no lie, because that bitch came back in the mail. I was in Vegas with Steve-O. Well, we were in L.A., and then we went to go shoot a music video for 3-6 Mafia at uh, Juicy J and DJ Paul's house. And Project Pat was there and all this shit anyways. And I remember my boy Art uh, had to lie to his probation officer and tell him that he, his grandma was dying. He had to go see her. So he had to take like a drug test. He like jumped out of a taxi just before Ubers, and he had to go find some local like. Uh, you were so close. Clinic. The check. You were so, so close. <laughs> I'm in. I'm drunk as fuck. Me and Steve-O were in Vegas, and I remember going to the ATM like, "Yo, let me get a hundred bucks." And this is back when the bank you put a check in there, it showed that you had that. So it showed. Yeah. I think I had like three hundred bucks to my name. Which was a lot at the time, by yeah. the way. And then I had another two thousand. And I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "I'll buy you a drink, Steve-O. Yeah. You know, I was like, "All oh, let me go to the ATM real quick." And I, there's a picture because there's a guy. Damn, I wish I could find it. He he messaged me on um, on Instagram like a year ago, and he's like, "Yo, I met you and Steve-O one time in Vegas." I was like, "Oh, really?" And you could see me looking like, "Oh, fuck!" Like my face in the background of the photo. Cause I just went to the ATM and I remember this. I remember like it was yesterday. He's like, "Yo, Steve, let me get a picture with you. I love Jackass." Da, da, da. And I remember looking at my trying to withdraw some money, and it was like saying I'm overdrafted. I'm like, I'm like getting all like something's wrong with this ATM. Let me try another one. Something, something's wrong here. And I remember being like, "All right, let me go." Remember back in the day, you could go to an ATM, and if you caught it soon enough, you could actually get more money than you actually had out. Yeah, that's oh, how yeah. it was back in the day. And uh, get those overdraft fees, but fuck it, you got that money up front. Yeah, so I went ahead and went to another ATM, and he's like, "Yo, dude, you need some money." I was like, "No, I don't need money, bro. I'm good." 
And then I was like, yo, hey, man, I'm going to need some money. So so her check bounced? I came back, and not only did her check bounce, I came back. She wasn't there. All her shit was out of the room. And uh, I got a weird message from some random girl on, I want to say it was MySpace at the time. And she was like, hey, have you seen Melissa? I'm like, no. Where, where the fuck is she? She's like, oh, she fucked me. I'm like, oh, she fucked you? I'm like, oh, God, this ain't right. And then I got a, uh, I got the check back in the mail, and it said it was from a closed account. She wrote me a phony baloney check. She was carrying around a closed checking account just in hopes that she could gigolo fuck you. That's how I got fucked. I, I thought I made two grand off the deal. Got a solid roommate. Got some steady rent. Nope. I got a fucking negative kill that I'm not proud of on my fucking on my on my list. Fucking bitch. That's fucking hilarious. And I still have the check, swear to God. Have you ever found God. her? Have you ever found her online or anything? Um, I think she tried messaging me like a year later, like, hey, I'm like, fuck you, you bitch. And then like the whole like this whole thing unraveled. Like, I guess she was like burning people, like, oh, I'm gonna write you a check. Oh She's my like, my something's wrong with my bank. I'll figure it out. And she was just couch surfing, I guess. I don't fucking know. Damn, and she got dick out of it though. Fucking like fuck. she didn't just get like everywhere else she was just like here's first and ma- last month's rent with you she also was like and i'm gonna need some dick you man whore and you know when you fuck a girl that's not so hot back in the day you know she didn't get better looking so i don't even <laughs> want to know what she looks like right now so yeah um yeah that you got, sucks you got you got jiggled, bro I sure did. And you know, sh- you know who didn't get fucking jiggle though? Jeff Bezos, because that motherfucker <laughs> got paid. I know he got. A, he, I know he got a lot of money from me in the last couple years. He made twelve million in a day. I twelve billion. Twelve billion. These in headphones a day. came from Amazon. Yeah, that fucking rattlesnake right here. That came from it. Let's play. What came from Amazon? These curtains. This uh, TV. Uh, a lot of shit came from Amazon. So yeah, he must be getting paid. Here's the biggest thing with Mike and Amazon. Mike. Uh, I'm gonna put your shit on the street. Michael load up the Amazon cart, but then he's so used to being poor back in the days that he gets terrified of actually pulling the trigger of buying it. I'm scared, and so I won't buy the shit for him on, on the Amazon because I, I, I handle all the purchases for us. I will not pull the trigger on it because I'm like, no, we're not gonna spend thirty six hundred dollars on bullshit. So I'll leave the night and I'll be like, all right, I'm going home, and then I would come back and like Tucker, our mechanic, would text me in the morning. And he'd be like, hey, I gotta let you know some. Mike found me at 4 o'clock in the morning and made me hit the buy button on Amazon. Do it. You press it now. And Mike can't buy it. can't do it. Press it. He can't actually press the button himself, though, man. I get nervous, man. I get nervous. But he'll spend fucking a fortune on shit. He'll be like, all right, we need all these costumes. And I'm like, do we need them? He's like, well, we probably don't need this one. It's like the movie The Jerk with Steve Martin at the very end. He's like, oh, I need this. I need this thermos and, and this lamp. That's all I need. Yeah. And it's no matter. Let me tell you all something, guys. Coming from a person that's had nothing his whole life, let me just tell you all a little secret. Every y'all working hard, wherever you're doing, listen to this shit. Maybe it's your day off. Maybe you're on the job fucking off. Let me tell you something. No matter what, it's never enough. No matter how many sequence curtains, uh, fucking petrified rattlesnakes, Whatever bullshit you think you could buy, you think you need, it's never enough. I like the times. There was a time we were opening boxes, and it's petrified rattlesnakes, gold bars, and Keurig coffee machines for every fucking room in the house. 
And and there's a lot of times, to be honest, man, there's a lot of times where I go through and look at the Amazon mic, and I'm like, what the fuck? Because there's purchases. I'm like, Miguel, we really, really need this. And then we'll sit around and have meetings where we're like, we got to figure out a way to get a budget for this. And I'm thinking, let's stop buying petrified fucking rattlesnakes. Like, let's stop buying petrified Silence. rattlesnakes. And maybe Silence, we Miguel. This. And then there's tons of times where he's like, All right. My Lord and Savior, Jeff Bales, <laughs> has a spell on me. He is, like, we... We did one month, man, where it was like $36,000 on Amazon. $36,000. That's when we were doing the rooms. Yeah, we were pimping out the house. Like, still, I look at it, and as we're talking about this, six grand for all these sequence curtains. And still, to all the crazy shit we bought, that's one of the things that still fucking chaps my ass. We only spent 20000 in Columbia partying for like five days to bring 18-year-old boys. Sending but- like 20 people to Columbia for three days, twenty grand. Four grand in prostitutes, so you got like sixteen grand left over. You can do the math, Miguel. It was yeah. a good time, but fucking six thousand in curtains and like nine grand in petrified rattlesnakes. Like, okay, uh, first of all, we have one fucking petrified rattlesnake. Okay, <laughs> everyone's gonna be like, God, they're gonna start sending me petrified rattlesnakes. Like, no, I just it was an art installation and yeah. we filmed it. <laughs> it's on camera right now. Write it off, David Cole, our CPA. Oh, I love when we do our taxes and our CPA is like, hey, just real quick, uh, I need to know what three thousand dollars of monkey fur is, and I'm like. We bought He's lying. Fur. Yeah, no, we, we didn't. Fur. But we buy chairs. But I have threatened to move everyone out of this fucking house and move a bunch of goddamn monkeys in, dress them up in Oshkosh overalls and give them character <laughs> names and have them battle it out to the death. That used to be the big meeting talk, like two hours into the meeting, just talking about how we were going to get rid of uh, everybody and just get monkeys. Never happened. I was like, you know, I'll clean up my act. I'll get rid of all these crazy chicks and all this drama. And I'll just deal with monkey drama, you know? i tell you one thing you didn't get rid of. You, we just recently called one of your former youth pastors. We were trying to buy back your Pistol Pete uh, rookie card. Pistol, Pistol Pete Maravich rookie card. I think it was like 68. The card looks like an iPhone. It's like tall and elongated. And you traded that to him for a trip somewhere? What was Yeah, that? to go on a, a Christian youth group. of uh, like Not a mission but like a summer camp called CIY, Christ in Youth. You were so fucking lame, bro. <laughs> no, but these th- this youth group wasn't like a normal youth group. Like, like I told you, two of these guys wound up being gay as fuck, and like everyone was smoking weed and finger popping each other. I was catching head in the back of the church van from one of the dudes. No, oh my god, you're quick. Uh, one time we went to this youth conference in Tampa, and I was like, "Yo, give me that pizza box." And I took a pen and I started call us and i wrote the room number ladies call us and i remember like flirting with the idea like yo what if some hot like christian chicks show up and stuff and it was one of those like we're on the verge of being 18 and stuff and my boy uh some girls were calling the room i'm like what's up hey how you doing i was like the cool guy but i was like they called me the third base porn star because i was never really trying to fuck i I just wanted to get my dick sucked and shit you know you that, that was your hang up because of like your christian beliefs right i was like god it, as long as I don't put it in the vagina, we're still good, right? We're good? We you, good? Th- you thought you were going to get to like heaven and they were going to get out a transcript and be like, yeah, if I could, Michael Buser never stuck it in her vagina. Case dismissed. Yeah, I was like getting my dick sucked on wood rock since I was a young ass kid and shit. Crate. I mean, I got like technically I got molested by a teacher. She was a chick. Uh, she sure, was in her Mike. 30s. I love how you winked at me like, sure, sure Mike. Sure. Hey, look, man. So uh, deal with your trauma the way you deal with. I mean, we can just talk. We just do a whole pod chat, pod show, whatever. Podcast, pod show, cast, fucking spaceball, 
fucking shit on just my fucked up life. Well, you, I want to talk about the Pistol Pete card because I was in a, I used to be angry, violent, used to be bout about it. I was listening to too much uh, rap and hip hop, and I was getting gangster as fuck. And I had some anger management problems, and and uh, the the state of Florida recommended me getting um, anger management. And uh, I had a youth counselor. I, was, I went to Boone High School one of the years. I you went, went to, to Boone for like uh, a little bit. That's what's up. I went to fifteen different schools. So uh, when I was there, uh, I remember like this guy was like psychoanalyzing me the first meeting. He was letting me talk and just looking at me, and he's like. Oh, you like he wasn't bas- letting you talk. You weren't letting him talk. <laughs> Basically. And he's like, oh, you like basketball, you little shithead, huh? I got a surprise for you here. What do you know about this? And I didn't know who the fuck Pistol P was at the time. I was like, smells old, man. Yeah. And the car was with like 250 bucks back in like 96 or 97. I don't remember what year it was exactly. And I remember being so stoked. And I had this youth pastor. Um and uh, we used to, like, fight him and stuff. we played basketball. <laughs> you guys and, would fight your youth pastor? Yeah, no, we would, like, jump him and shit. We, we went through a couple of them. <laughs> but we liked all of them except the Billy guy. He, he was a piece of shit. He never touched us. I guess he didn't like us. But uh, uh, the other two, uh, Jeff Mize and Steve Frazee, like, we cried when they left. It was like, why are you doing He's like, God's calling me to go somewhere else. And we, you're too young. You're like, wait a minute. So you're getting paid more to go somewhere else? And they got a really nice youth group. But we were all like degenerates and shit, and they did crazy shit. We were like eating octopuses. They'd give us like twenty dollars. <laughs> How the fuck does nah? Some we, that, no, we did the drink milk challenge. Don't just breeze over. We were eating octopuses. Like yeah, no, he he would start off the stuff very non traditional. That like, don't sound like any youth pastor. Like first thing we're gonna eat an octopus. No, nah, we would eat about. like he would do like food challenges. He would like get his rocks off probably by watching all us degenerates do crazy shit for like twenty dollars. Like. Did you say eat a whole goddamn octopus? Give me it. We'd be gonna, fighting over it. Give me the dick end first. Yeah. I remember fucking, uh, fucking, like, bro, uh, my, my family caught on real fast that I really liked youth group and, like, going because it was, like, away from the house and around the homies and shit. And I was able to convince all the other bad degenerate kids in the neighborhood. We all, like, joined up like a gang. And there was a point to where, like, all our youth pastors were like, wait a minute, these motherfuckers, like, trying to unionize on me over here? And we'd be like, yo, hey, I think, it, we, I think we want to go to uh, McDonald's or Dairy Queen tonight. He's like, we're not going to Dairy Queen. Like, oh, we're going to Dairy Queen. And he, next thing you know, we'd be at Dairy Queen after the, at the youth group and stuff. And we'd all play basketball and stuff. And it was like a timeshare thing. We had to listen to the word of God. But we knew that we were going to hang out with some cutie patooties. And there was going to be some basketball and probably some free food. Because, you know, like uh, going to Wednesday night uh, youth group stuff. We knew that the old people had, like, a whole shit going on. It was really boring, like a Bible study or something. And they had um, the free dinners. And when you come in from a broke situation, like, oh, you're going to, you're going to church because I, I ain't cooking tonight. Yeah. So you go in there. And it was always the most jank, old-ass lady cooking some shitty biscotti fucking dinner. And you're like, there, I love the way you say paper. spaghetti. I can't say it. I love the way you say it again. Biscotti. Fucking idiot. I love fucking, it. <laughs> fucking uh, eating off a fucking styrofoam plate. The, it's always watered down sauce. You're like, yo, what the fuck? Throw some meat in this fucking old lady. Like, what are you doing? Me and my buddy Willie would always catch the youth group bus to take us to this other neighborhood. And every time the, the guy would be like, because we never went to that shit. We were like, fuck that. That's stupid. But we would get on the bus and the guy would be like, 
y'all better not just be taking this bus again to get to the other side of the neighborhood. We're like, no, man, Jesus, I want to fucking talk to him. We would get on the bus. We would roll. We would get out. We'd be like, go fuck yourself. And we would just go to where we wanted to go. Do you remember? I don't know where you were living, but like back in the day, bro, like random people would show up to your house in a church van. And then if your parents were like still fucked up, you'd be like, all right, get in the church. Y'all go in the church. And I'm like, oh, what are y'all doing? They're like, yo, don't worry about us. Or they would pick you up down the street. You'd be riding a bike. And, like, a van would pull up and be like, hey, guys, do you guys want to come hear the word of the Lord? And you would, like, size up the van. You're like, I could take these motherfuckers if something went south. Yeah, I'll get some free food. I know this has nothing to do with Jeff Bezos, but I remember one of my— We were on Pistol Pete at this point. We're going, oh, okay. Yeah. One of my first memories was I was I was in North Richmond Hills, Texas, and it was this, like, yellow and white trailer. And I want to say I was, like, four or five. I don't even know, man. And something—it was probably, like— a football field length away, but in my mind as a kid, it was like five miles. Like you look down this dirt yeah. road and it's hot as shit. You see the horizon. It's like it's all like blurry and shit because the heat's coming up off the ground. And I, I guess me and my sister, who was like, like a year younger than me, Amanda, we uh, walked to like a church that had like a tent revival, and it was Easter. And my parents were like doing blow and fucking getting drunk and shit and just partying all night swinging and shit and i remember coming back and feeling like where the fuck did you get those easter baskets and those damn eggs what where the hell have y'all been and we were like weren't dressed in like our sunday's best (laughs) we were like these random like kids that showed up to this like church in a tent and like i'm a little i remember like you know, punking some of the kids, like getting all the oh, eggs. Oh, I remember punking those kids. Like, giving them eggs, boy. Oh, man, when you would run into like a church thing with you and your homeboy and you'd show up to like their event and it's just like, you're like, we're going to punk all these bitches. There's always that bitch ass lady, like that Karen lady. like, yeah. why is that big kid getting all the goddamn eggs? Let my kid get some eggs, boy. And they know that you're not a part of the church and they're like, what are you guys doing here? And I'm like, hey, somebody's talking about Jesus and shit. Yeah, and I don't know. even know how we got there. Like, we could have walked five miles for all I know. I don't even fucking know. It felt like we were like, I feel like the dog that we dropped off in the nowhere because somehow we Harley. found a way back home. And, and we came back with these nice, like, Easter baskets and shit. And I got picked up by a church bus, me and my buddy, Willie, again. We thick as Old thieves. Willie. Old Willie's my own boy, Willie Farmer. And we got picked up by one of the buses, and they were like, hey, guys, do you guys want to want to come with us to our youth group? candy? And we're like, no. And they were like, well, we're going to go to a pool. Like, and we were what'd like, you say? A pool. And they were like, yeah. And we're like, we're down. And we went with it. We had no, we had no clothes to swim into the pool or anything. We were wearing what we were wearing. I remember swimming in jean shorts. That's of course you in. did. Yeah, and, and, just and, like that South Park episode. Yeah, just all the minorities are still wearing their shirts in the pool. We had no, we had, no, we were just riding. I still haven't seen your, I haven't seen you shirtless yet. You uh, yes, no, I have seven in the hot tub. Yeah, lies. Yeah, liar. Continue. Uh, we say hot tub. It was gay. But um, <laughs> no, they picked us up and took us to this pool. And I'm in like jean shorts. Willie's in like, you know, just like we're, just, we're not in pool clothes at all. And we're swimming in the pool. And then the, the youth pastor comes up and he's like, hey, guys, who wants to get baptized? Right. And I was like, what the fuck? And they were like, well, if you're not going to get baptized, you can't be in the pool. And I was like, let's do this. You know, <laughs> Damn, so you got saved right then and there. huh? Uh, yeah, because I got baptized when I was a kid earlier. But like uh, Spanish people, they did the whole the baptism when you're a baby. The yeah, the Catholic shit. shit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, 
I was some like, water on you. Yeah, I was like, let's do this baptism shit. And then they pulled the okie doke on us because they're like, let's get everybody. So we all came in and we're like, do you accept Jesus Christ? I'm like, whatever the fuck this is going to take. Let me get to the deep end. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And so they like dunked Damn. me and they pulled me what out. A good they, got, hustle. they got us all. And then we were like, cool. And they're like, all right, follow us, guys. We're going to eat. And I was like, no, I just yeah, I kind of want to do the pool. And they're like, well, first we're going to eat. So we went and we got like hot dogs and listened to the guy play the guitar. And you know, there's always that youth pastor that definitely wants to fuck the girl youth pastor. Yeah, that, that's bo- a little too young. Yeah, you know? and they're both just like singing a song. You're like, this is creepy. They never took us back to the pool. Afterwards, they oh, talked to us about Jesus and shit. Just like the South Park episode. Yeah. Come on this timeshare tour. Yeah. And you're on the tour the whole time to, to buy something, but you can't enjoy your vacation. They never took us back to the pool. So I'm soaking wet in fucking jean shorts. Getting chafed. Yeah, and, and, and had to get dropped back off to our bikes that were, like, stashed in the woods, all to never swim in the pool. And then they tried to say, hey, we're gonna, and this is the best part. I remember they were like, uh, let's drop you off at your houses so that you guys can speak to your, so we can speak to your parents about you coming back. Oh. And I was like, listen, you, don't you think do I'm that. a problem? Wait till my mom founds out you fuckers kidnapped me. Took me to a pool, and uh, I was like, "You." F-. And they're like, "No, no, no, we need to talk to your parents so we can sign you up for this church." And we're like, "We're not going back to this church. You guys are liars." And they're like, "We well, t- we heard there was free fucking biscotti and yeah. a pool swim, and we didn't get shit." Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Youth groups. I in the good old days when when like you would get kidnapped but not molested, you would go to you get you would get saved I, and I, you would get a. Uh, 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 maybe a swim out of the local pool. I tell everybody, I came up in the 80s. In the 80s, if you got kidnapped or molested, that was your fault. Oh, he's like, well, what the hell were you doing, boy? The yeah. streetlights were on. My dad would have been like, so you got in the van to get the puppy, and who the fuck was going to take care of this puppy? Yeah, you, you, you can take care of a puppy. You can't even clean your own room, boy. Yeah, you can't even not get molested, and you want a fucking puppy? Get out of here. Fucking failure. I told your mom we should have fucking aborted you, but no. And you remember this, too, man. When you used to hear about kids who got kidnapped in the 80s, this was fucked up. When you were a little kid, though, you'd hear about some kid who got kidnapped. You'd be like, fool. Like, you were like, I would have kicked I him in the nards. I would have beat that kid. I used to carry this switchblade, and I literally, because I, back when, when we were kids, man, buying knives was You don't even shit. want to know what's going on in my dark head right oh, now. Oh, dude, I would run around with this switchblade, and I always remember being like, I wish so. Like, I was so geared up for it. Knowing damn well, I probably would have just cried and shit myself. But in my head, I was like, come and try to molest this sweet, chubby Puerto Rican ass. Oh, dude, uh, in Little League Baseball, I was on the Blue Jays. South Orange Orange Little League, Orlando, Florida. And I was in a porta potty And I remember (laughs) something about those damn fucking concession stand and their fucking uh, little little sugar dips had little, like, white... (laughs) cocaine looking dip sticks yeah. and you could dip it in the sugar and you eat it and stuff I, I just remember being really excited about that not just the baseball aspect but the, the concession stand one time I had to go pee when one of these janky ass 1988 fucking porty potties like the fiberglass ones that you touch you're definitely getting like fucking <laughs> you glass shards back then, you know? oh yeah that's why I, that's why I, I grew up in the 80s okay I can't get COVID if I can live the shit I've been through COVID, then I got shit on what the fuck I've been through. So, uh, knock on wood. Yeah, double mask, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I got sick for four days. I thought I had COVID, and in the middle of it, I was like, yo, I better delete that Magic Johnson meme. You made, I yeah, remember like, you made a Magic Johnson COVID meme, then you got sick. I said, I got 99 problems, but COVID ain't one. And I, I, I Googled an image of Magic Johnson laughing. It was trying to reference that he has AIDS and, and he's not worried about COVID. Yeah, then you got sick, and two days later, that meme was gone. I, do, I remember being like on my deathbed, I was like, must 
get the energy to delete this meme because I could just imagine the haters like fucking karma, you motherfucker, piece of shit. The world's better without him. So, anyways, uh, I was scared shitless. I was in this porta potty by the concession stand, and I remember hearing this like, dude. And you know when when you're when you're a young kid and you hear someone talking about like gay shit, like joking around. I don't know if he was joking or not, but I heard clear days like oh, I'm gonna fuck this kid. And I was like, oh, shit. That's not gay shit. That's pedophilia. <laughs> well, we were, the, the porty potty was so far away from the, the dugouts and, and the concession stand. I was like, yo, man, it's just me and him. And he had, like, some other homie with him. And I could see out the little holes, like the little ventilation holes through the porty potty. And I remember being like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is like that, that boy that got his head chopped off. Of. Adam Walsh, Adam man. Walsh. I was like, oh my God, this is, he's going to fuck me and our chop parents, my head off. Our parents would tell us that shit openly. My mom would be like, you got to watch out because Adam Walsh, man, they kidnapped him. And chopped they, his head off, yeah, found him on the turnpike. Yeah, they fucked him and chopped his head off. So, you know, get on that's, your bike and have fun. Watch your sister. Yeah, that, you that's, <laughs> that's how it went back in the day. Like, if yeah. the streetlights are on and you were home, ooh, that was that ass. Yeah, you fucked up on your own. Yeah, so... Uh, I just remember it being, it was probably only like 30 seconds, but it felt like an hour, and I was like scared. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. But, but back As in the day, kid, you had to be tough. You'd be like, you, you were ready for that shit. Every kid who was born from 1979, before that, every kid who was born before 1988 had an almost got molested moment. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's fucking horrible. But, but I mean, there's two. And, I mean, to the point where you're Put's like. Put hair on your chest, boy. Builds character. Truthfully, to the point where you're just like. Uh, like 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 most of our situations like that are just like that dude was creepy. Like you and we're dudes, so it's different from a chick. It's obviously some of you are watching like, whoa, I'm listening to the wrong fucking podcast. It's terrifying though because think about. I know for a fact as a kid there were times I'd ride my bike home and I'd put these in the almost molested category when like random dudes would be in like a truck, two guys in a pickup, and they're like, hey little buddy, you, you want us to give you a ride or oh, something? Oh yeah, I had the whole like, hey. I'm here to pick you up. Your mom and dad told me to come get you. I had that multiple I was at times. a rest area in North Carolina. And, you know, the, and, the guy was hard up. He's like, yeah. this kid's not hot enough, but fuck it. Fuck He'll it. do. I'll take the one with the big teeth. That's why we didn't get molested. We weren't hot enough as a I kid. I was adorable. So you speak for yourself. But I was in North Carolina <laughs> at, a, at a rest stop, and uh, some, somebody grabbed me, grabbed me by the arm, and was taking me away. I was probably like six years old and they literally grabbed my arm i was alone walking the rest stop i was supposed to be with my 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 family friend michael he's supposed to be watching us he was like 10 years old because that's how you did it back in the day you're a little older now you watch the kids and this person grabbed my arm and took me away and i just pushed them like ran off but all that oh if somebody ever tried where's the shit, puppy you lied to me mister yeah that shit none of that shit happened there was no tough guy if somebody ever tried me shit that person grabbed my arm and i reeked away ran terrified crying ran back to the van and then it caused beef because we were all going to new york it caused beef the whole trip god damn you're making me think because of story. everyone was mad at each other that trip because people were like you should have been watching him so I was like he's only 10 years old but uh, I told you a story about when I lived in Kentucky. Oh, the basketball in, diaries, in Rockcliffe, yeah. Kentucky. I lived in. Me and my mom uh, had my mom had gotten married to some crazy redneck dude. Had like he looked like a fucking uh, a muskrat NASCAR. He's the one that got me into like watching wrestling. The, I used to like talk shit, and one day I said, "You know, fuck, I'll watch it." And it was the time Hulk Hogan came out, and he switched over to the NWO, and I was like, "Oh, I fuck with this. This is pretty cool." Anyways, my mom fucking, you know, I guess being lonely and fucking ran off with this motherfucker and went to Kentucky. 
And they lived in this trailer up on this hill. And down behind the trailer was this really beautiful shaded park. Uh, I had a bunch of hills and stuff. And, and at the very bottom, like down in the basin of the valley, there was this super duper like hood basketball place. Like I literally played with people probably. I probably got dunked on by Paul Pierce. And the God knows who other NBA players like Kobe Bryant probably put his balls in my face and didn't even know he like dunked on me. And I remember the first time I went, I wore a nice jersey, and I, I brought a good basketball. And I was like, "Yep, um, this is one of those things where like I'm gonna pray, dear God, please don't let me die." And it was just me and the, and the brothers and the sisters, only white guy in this town, and uh, that's where I learned to become a man on the court. And uh, I was getting punked out by girls, and there was like I remember some story, some lady like that boy over there is fucking gonna be go, go up to be seven foot tall like his daddy out there playing the boy, and she grabbed a switch and started beating the shit out of him, and they're all smoking weed and getting drunk, and I was like, whoa, grown up shit, this is crazy, and anytime you're a white kid playing basketball with the brothers, if you made any shot, they're like, oh shit, white boy, it's like flame flame pops out of the woods somewhere, damn boy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like building my confidence, and I was learning to shoot. So I was so like passionate because I was delusion thought I could go to the NBA. And uh, I remember playing one uh, one day extra late, and at night the hood park t- turned into something else, and the hood park turned into ooh little little uh, little fucking uh, spank the wanker uh, guy showed up in a white Ford Explorer. And at the top of this hill, it was a good, I would say, like 40 yards and you away. Know all the kids in the hood knew that except you. Yeah, I didn't know it turned into a gay park at night. Yeah. Like people were sucking and fucking on these that park was benches back, you think and about, shit. Like that was back in the day when there was like, uh, like even now it's You not went the to do best. weird shit at parks at night. You went night. to do weird shit at parks at night. Yeah, because people used to, I remember like people used to say that about rest stops, you know, like, yeah. you know, picking up hookers and shit. Always had that weird, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, am I going to get kidnapped or something? But some dude was spanking it off at the park? Well, he didn't start off with that. I, I seen him, and I just kind of looked, and yeah. he got out of his car, and he sat on the picnic table, and I'm playing basketball, and I'm about wrapped up. You know, I'm like, yo, yeah. fuck, I got a nice little workout. I'm feeling like fucking the man. I'm going to go jack off to some Spice Curls, two Become One music videos at the trailer. Fucking it's a good day at the park, you know? And uh, the only way back <laughs> up to the park is going up that hill right past it. Yeah. Them. And these fences are like twenty feet tall. They're they're huge. Yeah, it's like it's probably like Park. fifteen feet to be realistic. Yeah. But at the time, everything seems bigger when you're younger. So I remember looking up at the hill, like, "Yo, why is this dude just staring right at me? What the fuck?" I was like getting kind of like uncomfortable. All of a sudden, I look up at the hill, and I remember like shooting, and I literally like went limp, like, "Oh my god!" And I shot an air ball, and I go, "Oh my gosh!" I get the ball, and I looked up the fucking hill. And the dude had his fucking pants down between his ankles, just beating the shit out of his dick. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I'm having flashbacks to the porty potty, and literally, like, I'm about to get <laughs> fucked. And I'm like, oh hell no, I'm like hell no. And I don't know what was in me, but something in me said, no, Mike, be be strong and aggressive. Started started slapping the backboard like, yeah. Mm, mm. I was like working like. Trying to like dunk like and a, shit, like a silverback, like yeah, I was like stunt, like I was like trying to stunt my fucking my masculinity. <laughs> but now I look back, I was like, God damn it! I just made him beat his dick even harder. I was getting him <laughs> off. He's like, Yeah, work it, boy, work it. 
And I remember being like, I can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so after that game plan went completely down the shit, I was like, yo, it's time to climb a 20-foot fence. <laughs> I threw the ball over, and I climbed up. And, uh, you know, I was pretty in top shape, and I couldn't climb this thing now. I climbed up that motherfucker, jumped down, and you could see him be like, oh, wait, wait, where are you going? Could, I, could, like, I didn't hear him, but I could see that vibe. Like, he was kind of like putting his pants back up because I kept looking back like it was a dinosaur about to come after me and shit. Like, no. <laughs> and fucking uh, I was like, damn, I'm about to walk like three more miles out of the way. And this is like, I, I want to say like 15 minutes from Fort Knox. It was in a, a military town where they did a bunch of like tank stuff yeah. and everything. Uh, Elizabethtown is north of it, and I lived in Ratcliffe, Kentucky. And Kentucky's basketball is everything, so yeah. I play with the best. And I remember coming back to the trailer and telling my stepdad, like, hey, listen, yo, there's, there's a fucking dude down there jacking his dick. <laughs> He's jacking his dick to me. I got I got out of my life. I was like, you know, because yeah. in reality, this dude was just being his dick. Yeah. What did he want to fuck me? I don't know. Probably looked pretty hot from a football field away. And uh, <laughs> fucking, I remember being so traumatized. And my stepdad looks at me and goes, oh. <laughs> and I looked. I was like, you, mo- what the, you motherfucker. And I was so mad. And I was so traumatized. It was like if some young girl had gotten raped and she told her parents and they just laughed at her. I felt like I was raped. I was like, I feel like my innocence was taken from me, and I felt so violated. And I was just like, wow, this mother, I got to get the fuck out of here. And I remember being like throwing this huge fit. And I remember not even like maybe five years ago, my mom started texting me drunk when I was like, Mike, I just, I remember when you told me about that guy, the strange guy in the park. And I, I just realized that that's why you left and never came back. And I got out of Kentucky. And I said, fuck that place. And oh my God, come to think of it, that's where I almost died in the fucking tour bus accident. Never go back to Kentucky. Sorry, if you're listening and you live in Kentucky, fuck Kentucky. I, I yeah. do not fuck with you, Kentucky. Uh-uh. And you I got, got poison ivy there. Oh my God, you got dudes jagging off to you in parks, you catch poison ivy in the some bus. Guy, some guy's like, yo, all you got to do is uh, put cow my lotion on it. I put it on there and they're like, hey man, oh, you got to fucking put a... Uh, these are all these redneck yeah. family members. And they're like, yeah, I got to put a uh, clear fingernail polish on it. And I put it on and like, no, 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 you got to put bleach on it. I did all these shit. And I had a one little fucking like business card like patch on my inner thigh turned into like a giant like <laughs> like a fucking bleach infection. on. Oh, your dude, it was so bad. It was the worst. I had it for like six months. I could never get rid of it until I wore pants for like half a year. <laughs> it was horrible. Well, guys, Kentucky's fuck Kentucky. Well, guys, that's our second. That has nothing to do with Jeff Bezos being rich matter. as fuck. It doesn't matter. That's our second episode of the Mike Busey Show podcast. Uh, we're definitely coming back with a third episode. Like I said, this is a random. You sure you don't want to talk about Taco Bell? No, we got, we're running out. We'll have time on the next show. But this is a random bounce around show where we try our we hardest tried. We tr- to stay I tried. on subject. No, but Miguel we, tried. I didn't try. But we never. guarantee you it'll be entertaining. Thanks for uh, listening or watching. Uh, make sure you go to mybeast.com forward slash fucking nothing. Just sign up, become a member, come party with us. Uh, me and Miguel will tell you up close and personal of the time we almost got molested. Yes. I mean, maybe we're just disappointed we actually didn't get molested. I'm pretty happy I didn't. Well, that's good. Signing off for me, Miguel Colon Jr., and of course, Mike Busey himself. Thank you so much. Love for you guys. Thank you. Uh, podcast. Yeah, we'll probably get canceled very fast after that. No I'll, one's I'll paying story. us anyway. Yeah, anyways, fuck it. Peace. Love you guys. Bye.